Here's Center 11. It's 27 degrees now at DVE. I'm Val Porter. Women around the world are being recognized today on International Women's Day. The annual celebration commemorates the achievements of women throughout history and the women's rights movement. This year, Women's Day campaign theme is Press for Progress, which is a push for gender equality. The day will be marked worldwide with marches and rallies, including in New York, L.A., and Washington. Organizers say thousands paid their respects for a state corrections officer who was killed last month. Sergeant Mark Bazerman was remembered by Governor Tom Wolf, friends, and countless other corrections officials in attendance at the memorial service in Johnstown yesterday. The 60-year-old former Army veteran was attacked by 22-year-old Paul Kendrick after Bazerman took a towel from his SCI Somerset cell. Kendrick was already serving a life sentence for murder. The corporate headquarters for Apple in Northern California is a beautiful, futuristic-looking building, but it's not perfect. In fact, for some, it's actually dangerous. Seems employees have been getting injured while walking into clear glass walls and clear glass doors. (laughs) Over the past couple of months there, you know, I would laugh at that. Until I bounced my head off my car last week. So <laughs> uh, this, uh, they have had several uh, injuries over the last couple of months. In fact, 911 has even been called to assist people uh, after they bounce off the glass and some have suffered head injuries. They should call it the dum-dum bar from now on. <laughs> no more geniuses. <laughs> An Ohio woman is recovering after biting into a human tooth while eating a handful of cashews. Ah. Multiple sources say Nicolette Botsford of Ravenna, Ohio, was driving with her mom a few weeks back when she felt something very hard and solid in her mouth while eating the cashews. That something, she says, was a human tooth with dried blood on it. Ooh. Gotta stop getting the uh, the meth heads to sort the cashews <laughs> oh. at the factory. Botsford immediately got sick and started throwing up. And, uh, oh, yeah. Says she has That's... not received much help from Kraft Foods, who makes the product. She sent the tooth to Kraft and has been told, we'll get back to you. Oh. Oh, oh man. That is, of all the things you could bite down on, oh. somebody else's tooth is a pretty bad yeah. one. Ooh. First of all, the texture. The texture of a tooth. It's almost as if I can. I know what that is. You know, and I, yeah. I, like. Uh, well, you've lost a tooth before, and you've kind of when you were yeah. a kid, you kind of bite down on it. Or, whatever. or you ever lose a filling, like when you're eating something and you you're chewing, and you're like, oh god, I know what that what that feeling is. Yeah, yeah. oh yeah, that's yeah. a weird one. Ugh, but the dried blood on top of it. So Oof. the rarity of it. That's like the Powerball of things you could find in your food. Yeah, a real tooth. But it really drives home the extraction when you see the blood. You know what I mean? Like it yeah. came out of this was not an old tooth. This was not a celebrated tooth in any way. It was not ceremonious. It was a tooth that came out of a head. Right. I just imagine it's like the episode of Seinfeld where they're watching the surgery and he drops the junior men in the guy. Oh yeah. <laughs> just imagine like somebody pulling a tooth out. Whoa, oh, that got away oh, from no. me in the nuts. Oh god. I'll never find it. And Finding all, the tooth in a pile of nuts. <laughs> of all the things to, fi- like, like for someone to be working in a cashew factory and <laughs> lose a tooth. You know, like a yes. perfectly sized. Not the uh, assembly line at the car, car plant. Yeah. I it, mean, it would be pretty easy to track down which worker it was, right? You just call people into the office. Smile real wide for me. <sighs> 
Do you think it was Johnson? What do you mean, old cashew teeth? <laughs> no way. <laughs> he has a cashew for a tooth where his old tooth used to be. <laughs> you just fill this hole. Oh, man, that is so bad. Um, Wasn't me, boss. <laughs> Be careful with the Axe body spray. A guy in Woodlawn, Maryland, was in his car recently and gave himself, I, it says, you know, one time he sprayed it. It sounds like he gave himself a shower with his body spray, then decided to light up a smoke. No. And the car exploded. Oh, my God. You can't hotbox Axe body spray. <laughs> Dude. The blast blew the doors open, pushed up the roof, and shattered the front window. The guy was taken to a burn unit with uh, serious uh. injuries. Police said uh, that the explosion was caused by the mix of body spray in the air and the flame from his lighter. Oh my God. That's the Axe body spray commercial I want to see. Right. That dude showing up to the party. Kaboom. Just like a wily e. Coyote in a Roadrunner <laughs> cartoon. I don't know. I thought I thought that Axe body spray had been discontinued. It's like the four loco of body <laughs> deodorant. I don't know. I I like the idea of body deodorant. I just don't like the idea of it being Axe spray. There needed to be a, a something between cologne and deodorant for a person who just might want to, you know, freshen ah, up a little spritz. This, this is, uh, I'm in need of freshening up one way or another. Uh, you can't, well, first of all, if you're over 30 and you use Axe body spray. There's no excuse for that. No, but um, th there's no good in between, Val. I mean, unless I don't know. What about um, like Old Spice shower gel? But that's like in the shower. That's like a soap substitute. Oh, you mean yeah. like if you're out I mean like in the car. this shirt might not. <laughs> Last the whole night. I need a, or I'm coming into work and uh, a little ripe. Didn't have time to shower, mm. and I really don't want to have to expose people to this. Yeah, you're just gonna have to go with the. Axe, I shower I almost every morning before work. <laughs> almost. I mean, Febreze. Well, a lot, sometimes I don't. Sometimes I shower the night before, but but like Febreze isn't really body deodorant. Like you can't spray it on your body. Yeah, you could put that wrinkle eraser all over your. The downy, you could just spray it on your shirt and pretend like, well, my shirt was really wrinkly this morning and I just needed it. Wrinkle eraser. I like that. But yeah, you can't. It smells like downy. I mean, we we smelled that cologne in the hallway the other day. Yeah, I, like it's, I, I'm telling Bill, I go, did you walk much. through the cloud? Like, where did it come from? It's still sitting there. How does it just sit for so long? Where was it? Right. Right by the elevator bank. Oh, yeah. okay. And it was... We started making guesses, and you don't want to have that. I shook a guy's hand last week. Oh, and then you had the smell on your hand. I was downtown catching an <laughs> Uber, and Albert walked by from uh, Blush. Albert that owns Blush. Mm -hmm. He's like a down, legendary downtown figure. I'm like, hey, Albert. He's hey, like, Albert. hey, what's up? And he always wears so much cologne. It was all over my hand, and then the whole night, I went to the park house to watch a uh, band, and I was trying to eat peanuts, and every time I put my <laughs> hand in my face, I'm like, Albert, Albert, <laughs> Albert. And then it, it wouldn't come off. You realize huh. there was, like, stripper glitter all over your hand? <laughs> like, oh, man. <laughs> but there needs to be an in-between is the original point of all of this. Carlos Santana and online retailer Zappos are teaming up to sell the guitarist's new men's shoe line, 
Anthony Veer Carlos by Carlos Santana Shoes. The line includes leather and suede styles meant to be worn with both formal and casual outfits. Proceeds will support the Rock and Roll Hall of Famer's Milagro Foundation, established by Santana and his family in 1998, that provides children worldwide with access to quality health care and education. He does make good shoes. Does he? I will say. I think I have two pair of his shoes. Yeah, you told me that. I remember you saying that you had a couple of pairs. Yeah, now he has men's shoes. Now so. he's putting out some Air Santanas right. for the guys. It's, it's weird that he's in the shoes the way he is. Tommy Lee's son is now mixing it, mixing it up with his dad in the media after the Motley Crue drummer accused 21-year-old Brandon Lee of physically assaulting him. Brandon Lee said in a statement yesterday he tried to organize an intervention Monday night to address Tommy's alcoholism. Tommy said on Tuesday he was in bed with his fiance when Brandon broke into the room and assaulted him. He posted but then quickly deleted a photo of his bloodied mouth on Instagram. It, it wasn't that bad. I mean, come on. This story has gotten way too much play. Uh, He accused his son of turning on him. Brandon said his dad's accusation has devastated him and that he is cooperating with law enforcement. Brandon is one of two sons from Tommy Lee's marriage to Pam Anderson. Can you imagine if Tommy Lee was your dad? Oh, Lord. Oh, my God. He's a a mess. So the kid is... He's 21. And he's Pamela Anderson's kid? Yeah. He's probably sick of seeing his dad hammered in the middle of the day. Well, that's what he claims, that he was doing an intervention. Increasing clouds today, snow possible (laughs) mid-30s for the high. It's 24 at DVE. He's probably still got a lot of anger over that video that uh, his dad made with his mom. Oh, boy, never even thought about that. Yeah. Captain Captain Dad. Oh. (laughs) Driving the boat without his uh, hands. Yikes. And what if he inherited the maternal penis? (laughs) Yeah, I think that's, yeah, that would be unfortunate for him, I guess. You know, if he got Pamela Anderson's genes in that area. He has huge boobs. (laughs) (laughs) He's got a great ass. Speaking of bad look, here would be the thing I'd be worried about in filming the specials. What do you like? How do you choose what you're going to wear? That would drive me absolutely crazy. Oh, so but you don't I- end up looking like Sinbad? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sinbad, who's one of the most underrated comics of all time, works totally clean and absolutely murders. I remember I did the Montreal Comedy Festival doing the Uptown show, and uh, you know people were all doing their gimme a deal sets and curse and curse and curse, and, he, and I hadn't seen him do, I hadn't even seen him on the stand-up, uh, 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 whatever. Circuit. I don't, I don't want to say circuit. I hate when people say that. But uh, I hadn't seen him out there, and he was just sitting there laughing, watching everybody, and I was starting to feel bad, like all these young guys were going up there killing him, going, oh, this guy, you know, whatever sitcom he was on, I forget. I was just like, this guy might have a rough one. And he went up there last, closed it out, totally squeaky clean, and within three seconds was murdering (laughs) and never stopped murdering and then just took it up into the stratosphere. However, his choice of dress... (laughs) Those suspender things yeah. and uh, yeah, yeah. So tie dyed silk short yeah, sleeve. Yeah, I mean, dress there's shirt. nothing you can do about it. I mean, I, I, you know, I mean, fortunately, I'm not a, a big risk taker when it comes to fashion stuff. So right. I think you, I I've never much, seen you in a zoot suit or anything. Yeah. No, I, but you know, like anybody, I, you go back far enough, though. 
you go back, you know, I got some Z Cavaricis and <laughs> fingerless gloves and a couple of photos. There's some bad, definitely some padded sh shoulder pad things going on with the uh, leather jackets. Well, Steve Burns ladies. thing, you know, he wears a suit on stage. And I asked him, I was like, why do you wear a suit on stage every night? And he said, because a suit is timeless. Like a black and white suit is always going to be sort of in style. Right. It's sort of like the Rat Pack, like you know, like yeah. But if you're on stage going, "What's up with Monica Lewinsky?" It doesn't make a difference, like what what suit you're gonna wear. But I understand what he's saying yeah. about the not not saying that he does that. But it's like, it's like no matter what, it's gonna be you're gonna know this is from the '70s, this is from right, the '80s, right. this is from the '90s. But you know, I yeah, definitely I wouldn't go up there. I would agree with that, not to wear something too too crazy. You don't want to be that. wearing like a body glove. You know, you know, I mean, some if kind you, of windbreaker. Yeah, and sometimes you know, for, well, you got to understand. For the first ten years, it might look dumb, and then the next after that, Eddie it Murphy to look cool. Look, Eddie Murphy, his fashion choices for both Delirious and Raw, yeah. unparalleled. Yeah, you can't nobody look, can get away with that. Can't wear that outfit again either. That's a one and done. No, they they <laughs> when you first saw him, it looked cool. And then mm -hmm. 10 years later, it was horrific. And then it became a classic. I actually read a thing, an interview on him one time, and uh, he said that uh, Keenan Ivory, Ivory Wayans wore the red delirious suit out. He dared him to wear it out to a dance club or something like that. And he went out there, and then he went on the floor and just started ripping it up. And I was thinking, like, don't rip it up. And yeah. that's, a, that's a piece of comedy history at this point. But uh, mm -hmm. I saw Eddie on the, uh, I saw him on the Raw tour. And he was wearing that purple uh, matador <laughs> yeah. suit, whatever that was. <laughs> With heels. And gloves. Uh, and like gl gloves. Like Leather gloves. It's not his fault uh, Prince hit during his time <laughs> bill burr on uh, the show with us there a couple years ago bill uh no word what he'll be wearing when he comes to town on april 6th but he <laughs> is going to be performing at the benenham center and you can get your tickets now at trustarts.org for that show april 6th bill barr the legend one. quick one not a lot of build up to this show no like a month lead time I'm he, so happy for him, though, man. He's he is just absolutely crushing it out there. Oh yeah, he's doing great. Um, well, he's like a big actor now. Yeah, he is. It's nuts, dude. His episode of Crashing is my favorite episode of the season by far. Greg Fitzsimmons wrote that. He um, that's kind of a true story, apparently. Like in a roundabout way, Bill Burr kind of helped Pete Holmes to that extent. Really? Yeah, Pete Holmes was a Boston guy, which never makes sense to me. No. But he is a Boston guy. No, his demeanor doesn't fit No, what I know about Boston comics. The polar opposite. Uh, but he made a point of saying what he wanted Crashing to be uh, a lot about was how little pats on the back and encouragements along the way from people who are established are what keep you going when you're, you know, when, you, when you're coming up. If you don't think you got the chops, and these guys are saying, no, you do, but it's it's hard. Here's what you got to do. You got to do this, that, and the other thing. So I listened to a podcast yesterday where Greg Fitzsimmons and Pete Holmes talked about that particular episode. Greg Fitzsimmons, another great guy. Great dude, and one of my favorite all-time comics. I mean, if you like Bill Burr, I mean, you love Greg Fitzsimmons. There's no doubt about it. My first week ever on the road was with Greg Fitzsimmons down in Tampa. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And... He watched my sets and, like, was giving me tags. He gave me two tags for uh, the jokes that I was doing at that time that at when I added them, they ended up getting, like, applause breaks. He really? was that generous with me. And he was doing stuff. Like, he's fearless, just like Burr. 
he yeah. went up there and was doing some serious political stuff. Right, it was right after that BP oil spill, mm. and we were in Florida, and he's just going after the the politicians in the crowd and Florida in general, and people were getting up and yelling at him and walking out, and he was. He was just okay. Have a good night. Yeah. Have a great night, loser. Greg Fitzsimmons on our show. I came out one morning to do radio, so it's like you know six a.m. I'm standing in front of the hotel, and in my room, I had heard two explosions, like that. You know, they kind of like rattle your chest. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I'm standing in front, and uh, I'm waiting for uh, Dopey here to pick me up because he's (laughs) running late. (laughs) And uh, and all of a sudden, three police cars come screaming up with the sirens. They jump out with shotguns and run into the woods behind my hotel. I'm like, what the hell is happening here? (laughs) And then they pick me up for radio like, oh, yeah, that's just... uh, yeah, we got Q105. <laughs> <laughs> are, are you joking? It's That should make you feel more safe. Right. It's good to know the shotguns are so close. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and also, it looks like the woods. It looks like a deliverance thing. Like, I, I, don't, I don't picture, like, gangs, but I guess your gangs go rural here. Yeah, well, we're not afraid to. We can go yeah. Eric Rudolph at any moment. You're That's, just gone. So the, the colors that the gangs wear are, like, camouflage. <laughs> <laughs> DVE Sports. Mike Pursuta with your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. Connor Sherry is back. Connor Sherry. Moving forward. The Penguins uh, and Flyers resumed hostilities in South Philadelphia last night. The Flyers brought a couple of Super Bowl champion Eagles to the game for moral support, but <laughs> the Penguins brought Phil Kessel. And below the goal line it goes. Back to the point it comes now for Latang. Twisted on the backhand. Cross ice for Crosby. Down low for Malkin. Cross ice. Kessel at the side of the net. He scores. Bill Kessel buries it. Power play goal for the Penguins. It's 1-0. That is not safe for work. That was nasty. The Penguins power play uh, getting things started at 18.35 of the first period. Uh, in the second period, Connor Sherry was heard from not once but twice. Crosby gets it back to the point for Schultz. Cross-ice pass for Oleksiak. Back for Schultz. He'll wind and blast. Deflected just wide of the net. Loose at the side of the cage. Gouda steers it to the near wall. Played there by Konechny, but turned over. It's Crosby. For Gensel in the high slot with a shot. Deflection. Score! And Connor Sherry is the man on the spot. Second of the night. It's 4-2. Rough night for Gudis. Great Peng- night for Sherry. Penguins took that 4-2 lead into the third period, and it stayed that way until Evgeny Malkin provided the exclamation point. Malkin picks up the loose puck ahead for Hagelin. In the neutral zone for Malkin, he turns back, now throws one towards the net, and in! Evgeny Malkin seals this one, an empty net goal. It's 5-2 Penguin. And it ended 5-2 Penguin. Cut that a little (laughs) little close there at the end. Uh, The Penguins uh, getting it done and moving back into first place. In the Metropolitan Division, Pittsburgh now with 82 points. The Washington Capitals have 81, although the Caps do have a couple of games in hand on the Penguins. Philadelphia stays third with 79, and the New Jersey Devils have 76 points. The Penguins will be at Toronto on Saturday, and they'll host the Dallas Stars on Sunday. A couple of injuries last night. Brian Russ played just 2 minutes and 24 seconds, and Dominic Simone, 434, but... 
Uh, the Penguins had more than enough in reserve. Uh, the injuries forced a little juggling on the part of head coach Mike Sullivan. And what did you think of Sid and the kids, the reunion? Hey, fantastic. Connor Sherry with a couple of goals moving forward. Crosby with three assists and Jake Gensel with two assists. <clears throat> I think they like the idea. Who it plays it helps Metro. playing with Sid. <laughs> Justin Schultz, uh, Jamie Oleksiak, Sherry, and Crosby were all plus three for the Penguins. That, uh, the third period I thought was their most impressive, even though the only goal they got was the empty net. I thought they were still playing a little too loose. It was kind of trading chances there for a long while. Second period was kind of rocky. And uh, I don't think that's the way they want to play in the playoffs, but uh, that third period was a good example of how to uh, shut it down when you're up after 40 minutes. And uh, when you do that, you go a long, long way in the playoffs. Uh, The Steelers have uh, more salary cap room than they did yesterday, thanks to Antonio Brown, who posted on Instagram... A video of his agent, Drew Rosenhaus, explaining his uh, restructured contract. (laughs) I think AB's got a real good grasp of that. He's got a good grasp of Instagram and and all things. uh, All I know is business is booming. Uh, The Steelers need to free up some room. they got to get into compliance with the cap by March the 14th, and uh, they're going to have to account for Le'Veon Bell's franchise tag of $14.5 million at that time, even though he is unlikely to sign it. The cap did rise uh, about $10 million this year to $177.2 million. Pirates lost <laughs> to the Blue Jays 13-4 yesterday. Tough outing for Tyler Glass now, two and two-thirds, six hits, seven runs. Six of them are in three walks and five strikeouts. They will host the Tigers in Bradenton today. Nick Kingham your scheduled starter. Clint Hurdle announcing yesterday that Ivan Nova is going to start uh, the season opener on March the 29th in Detroit. And Jamison Tyone will get the ball for the home opener on April the 2nd against the Minnesota Twins. Multiple reports have Pitt head basketball coach Kevin Stallings and athletic director Heather Like scheduled to meet this morning. wonder what they'll be talking about. He's not going to make it to lunch. Guillotines. Dude is going to be out the door. 0-18 in the ACC in the regular season, 0-1 in the ACC tournament. West Virginia gets into action tonight in the Big 12 tournament. The uh, third-seeded Mountaineers have six-seed Baylor at approximately 9 o'clock in the Atlantic 10 tournament. Duquesne, a 10-seed, meets Richmond, a 7-seed. That is a 6 o'clock start. And uh, we're less than a week away, guys, so make your plans now for the 2018 Great Sports Debate, Wednesday, March the 14th. Tequila Cowboy on the North Shore. Doors open at 6.30. The festivities begin at 7.30. Our sponsor, as always, is Bud Light. I'll be there. Mark Madden will be there. Stan Savern will be there. Adam Crowley will be there. And Tim Benz will be there. Bob McLaughlin is your host slash moderator. And Sean Collier, the comedian. You've done that gig before, right? I have. It's a tough one. Tough one. Kudos to Sean. <laughs> VIP tickets are 20 bucks. That gets you free food and a couple of complimentary Bud Lights. Randall, the only thing better than a Bud Light is a complimentary Bud Light. Two of them. And the only thing better than that is two of them. Uh, general mission tickets are free, but we highly encourage you to reserve your spot. Go to dve.com and get that done now because uh, you know what happens on the North Shore. Gets, People get left out in the cold, gets Mike. crazy. You're not going to want to miss this. That's a good group. 
drunk people yelling at each other talking about sports. And no, it's not the bar patrons. It's the panel. What's more fun than that? Nothing, Mike. Sounds like a great time. I look forward to it. That's your DVE Sports. I'm Mike Pursuta. Val, what do you got coming up? Well, how normal is your sex life? We'll talk about it at the top of the hour. Increasing clouds, snow possible today, mid-30s for the highs, 24 at DVE. Uh, the Anatomy Awards, Mr. Skin, after 7. Josh Yowie is going to be joining us also from The Athletic. We'll talk Penguins. And Stan Saverin, the man, the f- he was fired again. Stan, who's been fired more times than anybody in the city of Pittsburgh. And was immediately rehired by uh, AT&T Sportsnet. That's just, they realized that they had made a mistake. What are they doing? Did he restructure so that AT&T Sportsnet has more space under the cap? Yeah. I think they it, I think Potash restructured his deal so they could keep Stan. That's how that works. They, they realized that they fired the Godfather and that's not something you do. They have cap problems cuz all of Potash's costumes yeah, <laughs> all but of his. They wigs. realize they're saving a lot of money on hair products going forward. So all these steam nights they yeah. have. Yeah, <laughs> DVE. It's a DVE morning show. Don't forget our St. Patty's Day contest going on right now. Get your shamrocks off. You submit a limerick to us for your shot at winning a huge St. Patty's Day prize pack, which includes kegs and eggs, breakfast at Malay. Listen, look, we keep adding stuff. This is crazy. We keep adding stuff. It's a pretty spectacular day. Mulaney's Harp and Fiddle. Legendary establishment. One of my favorite places to saddle up and uh, get a drink on. And plus, the food is awesome there. Uh, one of the best Rubens in town. Mulaney's Harp and Fiddle. Kegs and eggs. Kegs and eggs. All right. Then from there, you come, you come back into town a few blocks, jump on the DVE Schultz Ford parade truck with none other than Sean Casey. The and flipping mayor. As many of us as we can... Uh, Summon here from the DVE Morning Show. Bill and I will be there for sure. I mean, you know how much fun Sean Casey is from listening to the show. Uh, yeah. He's human Red Bull. After that, we whisk you over to the Hard Rock VIP accommodations in the afternoon. Corned beef and curry will be playing. I don't know. I'll tell you what. If, if, if whoever wins this lasts all day or does all this stuff, I will be amazed. Yeah. I know people who do this kind of stuff, but it is really a veteran move. To- this is like drinking Iron Man contest. I want to preface it by saying I don't think I could do it. I don't think I could do it. I mean, I could, but it would take challenge. There are people who live for St. Patty's Day. Well, we've got it set for you. So you go over to the after the parade, after you've been on a float in the parade, you go over to the Hard Rock for corned beef and curry, not food, the band. And, yeah, I was going to uh, say, that'd be a weird uh, meal. Then you we, you have unlimited Uber. Oh, by the way, did I tell you you have two nights hotel accommodation downtown? No, you didn't. Well, you do, because th- that's the deal, and you'll be set for the weekend. You don't have to Beautiful. go home. You spend the whole weekend downtown. And uh, then uh, you go to the Rex Theater after that. Unlimited Uber gift card there for the weekend. And you go over to the Rex, and you'll be the guest MC for the Bastard Bearded Irishman album release party at the Rex Theater. Let me tell you something. That show is bedlam, crazy, mm-hmm. St. Patty's Day revelers. Revelers? Sure. Reveleries. Revelers. They'll revelers. all be there. You'll be the MC, and afterwards, Permani Brothers. That's what I love about this contest is that we've taken care of your food yeah. as well because sometimes oh, when you're you gotta, drinking, you forget to eat. Right. Got to get something in there to soak up the booze. Doesn't right. it kind of sound like we all picked what we would want to do? Yeah. <laughs> we kind of did. Yeah. But that's okay. 
you know, it probably jives with what a lot of people think is a good time. Oh, we just saw the the truck that we're all going to be on yesterday. That flatbed, it's awesome. Thanks. Yeah, I feel like I, we could put the Beverly Hillbillies belongings on that thing. It's huge. We're going to be getting tuned up, and it's so funny because when we have <laughs> Casey in here, like he's always sitting down. He is a giant. Oh no, he's a massive. Person. When I went to his uh, charity a couple of weeks ago, he was just grabbing me. He, you know, he he's a he's a close talker. He's a he's a hugger and a close talker. Yeah. <laughs> he's just he's, he's a slap he's a you on the man. on the back while he's talking to you kind of guy. Yeah, and it's one of those things that it echoes through your chest. <laughs> right. Boom. Oh, case okay, relax. Give me a Cena slap. Yeah, he's like George and uh, uh, mice and men. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully he doesn't, uh, by accident, kill anything. No, right. No, I hope not. But he'll be killing Permani Brothers, I'll tell you that much. Oh, yeah. So you can win. All you have to do is send us a limerick, but it's important that you know what a limerick is. Bill, do you have the limericks over there? Are you- I do, but it's hard for me to read. The format that I see our web saying. guy printed these out is not does not make them easily readable. Throw it over here for a second. Yeah. you. It's really not that hard. It kind of I mean, is, Val. It's color coded, kind of. Well, you can. There read, once was a man so. from Verona. There once was a They're man. They're just not like some of them are not limericks. Yeah, they have to be a limerick. Yeah, it's just somebody wrote a line or two. Some of them are not limericks. Some of them are not good. And then there some once of them was a don't man rhyme. from the hill who drank with unusual skill. He said with a laugh as he chugged. Doesn't work. See. What happened to that limerick? It fell off a cliff. There once was a nurse from the country who dreamed she would make money. She went to the city. <laughs> <laughs> These are not. I, mean, I think somebody forgot to finish. Limericks, it. folks. Um, there once was a man from Manesson who was always drunk when he was dressing. He forgot about his shoes, went out to drink booze, and ended up at the station confessing. Okay, hey, that one. there oh. it is. That's that's a limerick. It, it seems like some of these are cut off. Like, not like... It was like a computer thing. See, Val Val no. learned how to read that traffic report on her computer, so she has no <laughs> problem reading stuff like that. To me, it's it's like reading HTML code. There once was a man from Swissvale whose comedy didn't seem to fail. He killed it in L.A., calls DVE on Tuesday. His name is Billy Gardell. Oh, Close, right? You're really bending Close. the uh, parameters of what oh. rhymes there. Here's a good one. I think that my liver can handle St. Patty's with DVE's Randall. Bill Crawford's legit. Sean Casey's the bleep. We might all get lit like a candle. Hey! hey. See? There you go. There you go. Real that person nice. figured it out. Real <laughs> nice. I like that we both had the reaction of uh, Robert De Niro when Henry Hill comes out of court the first time. <laughs> hey! He popped his cherry! Yeah, that's the best. All right, so there you go. Get your limerick in and join us for a St. Patty's Day you'll never forget. Can you enter more than once? Like if you put one in and you screwed it up and you're like, oh, I have a better one now. Yeah, I don't care. I'm cool with that. <laughs> Somebody was tweeting us yesterday with some gems, and I said, dude, submit these on the website. He was like, oh, I don't even want to win. I just want to be with my kid. Yeah, I just want to uh, be honest with the listeners. We're not going to want to hang out with you if you have a stupid limerick. <laughs> Shout so, out to uh, Johnny Utah on Twitter, by the way. Spend some time on it, would you? Spend a little bit of time on it. 
All right, Val's got news coming up next. What do you got, Val? We're going to talk about how normal or not normal your sex life is. An Ohio woman is recovering after biting into a human tooth while eating a handful of cashews. Ah, gotta stop getting the uh, the meth heads to sort the cashews <laughs> oh. at the factory. I mean, it would be pretty easy to track down which worker it was, right? You just call people into the office. Smile real wide for me. Do you think it was Johnson? You mean old cashew teeth? <laughs> no way. <laughs> he has a cashew for a tooth where his old tooth used to be. <laughs> you just fill this hole. Oh, man, that is so bad. Um, Wasn't me, boss. <laughs> Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. Some lady finding a tooth in her... Bloody. Ugh. A bloody tooth in your cashews. You're trying to get healthy, having a nice, healthy snack. Val, I have to tell you, right now, the sun is pounding down on me. No, 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 you can keep it open. It's nice. I like it. Keep it there. Well, she, it'll be in your face. No, no, I know. But Remember I, when I want to shade, see the sun a little bit. <laughs> Remember when that shade wasn't delivered for like six months? Yeah, and I just took a picture of it every day and posted it on social media until <laughs> they finally got, got yeah. us a shade. But the sun's coming through here, and I know it's not balmy outside today, but on television right now is nonstop shots of the storm. Nor'easter. That has slammed. Second one. The the East Coast, oh. and Jersey and New York in particular, really uh, getting, a, getting a bunch. And uh, it makes me feel like how the people in California must feel. It's on the other side of the state, too. I know they got it in Philadelphia, too, but, like, there's nothing here. It's very rare that we don't get Not, a mean, little more residual activity. There were a couple flurries yesterday afternoon, but... This is like power out for 100,000 like people. More than a million, they said. Million? Whoa. It is brutal. Um, so, I don't know. Count your blessings this morning, I guess, on your way to work. What Just, the hell is a nor'easter? I don't know why they don't call it a northeaster. Is it just like it's it starts raining and then it snows, so there's ice and snow mixed? Isn't it? It just sounds like an old Maine fisherman <laughs> phrase or something. That like, oh, well, there's a nor'easter blowing, <laughs> and I'm I don't know what the uh, meteorological uh, oh. der- derivation is, but and then it they is... got the people standing out right on the Always ocean fun. bank. Uh, what are you they, doing? Yeah, they make them stand next to people's beach houses and watch them get slammed with the waves. Ha ha. Oh, well. Usually Pittsburgh gets slammed. Not not this time. It's nice. We were spared. And we were spared. What are you doing over there? What's going on? Here's the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Bridgeville Appliance. Center 11. It's 24 degrees at DVE. The news is brought to us by Giant Eagle Curbside Express. A pair of Allegheny County jail guards were hurt after a fire in a cell yesterday. Corrections, corrections officials say the fire broke out about 3.20 yesterday afternoon. Officials think it started with contraband materials. Officials say all 80 inmates in that pod were evacuated while corrections officers extinguished the fire. The officers were treated for smoke inhalation and are expected to be okay. Those floodgates meant to keep drivers away from flooding on Washington Boulevard 
Still aren't working. Investigators say a driver struck the floodgate pole and power box near Negley Run Boulevard. Officials say the gates were installed by PennDOT in 2011 when four people drowned in that area from a flash flood. Mm. According to the Post-Gazette, officials are working on the great uh, gates, but there's no timetable for when they'll be fixed. A new report says the NYPD is ready to arrest disgraced Hollywood mogul Harvey Weinstein. The Daily Beast reports that police have enough evidence to arrest Weinstein for felony sexual assault. NYPD Chief of Detectives Robert Boyce was asked about the investigation yesterday. We are still accumulating evidence. It's going very, very well. Uh, We have a lot of information. We have people who are um, getting ready to go to grand jury. Boy says the case is in the hands of Manhattan District Attorney Cy Vance, so the next move would have to come from the DA, but he has not commented on the investigation. And Jeffrey Tambor's former assistant sat down with Megyn Kelly yesterday and spoke about the accusations she has made against the former Transparent star. Van Barnes, whose claims led to the Emmy winner's termination, said Tambor would wash her sleep naked. Barnes explained they lived together for a brief time. She said it was under the guise that he needed a place to stay, which is, she says, looking back, very suspicious. He said he was in, uh, he said that in the middle of the night, he actually watched her sleep. He said, you were naked. Barnes says she was continually harassed by Tambor during the two years she worked for him. It ran the gamut of sexual harassment, physical harassment, and verbal abuse constantly. He has denied the accusations, but he did get fired from the Amazon series. Uh, it is a strange story. You know, there yeah, was another thing about him being on set that he did that was like an inappropriate, like like started dry humping somebody. And I think that what happens a lot of times is that these people who come up in the theater and that this has been their life forever, um, they're, they're mostly eccentric people who have very sort of... Uh, uh, they're not. They've like, been sexually repressed in some way, like no, growing up so. in weird places. I think it's the opposite. I think I think they're anything but puritanical. And I I I think what happened is some guys like the Dustin Hoffman stories. They take advantage of the the leniency of their coworkers when it comes to certain subject matters. And have just assumed like, oh, this is a license for me to act like a creep because I'm around all these creatives and they understand we think and act differently. We're not repressed like the rest of humanity. And these people actually take it to another level. I don't know. The Jeffrey Tambor stuff all sounds very strange. Mm -hmm. Well, whenever I mean, I can kind of back that, you know, that that philosophy up, because whenever I was in acting classes in college like there was so much physical contact just in the classes and so much stuff that you're doing so much hands-on like kind of things that people were just always draped over other people right and so what what was acceptable there but that was also college you know so you got raging hormones on top of it all yeah well, that's just it. Is I think these guys come up and they're being trained when they're in college years and stuff, and I think it's just ingrained in them that they can be less appropriate than they have to be in any other setting. And when somebody from another world comes into that, they're used to different mores. You know, it's like uh, if somebody comes from the locker room to the boardroom, you have to temper your behavior. Well, it's like here. We've I've often said the stuff that goes on here could never do in a bank. No, not no. I'm mean, just like in terms of language oh, even. and just subject Oof. matter. And yeah. Yeah. By virtue of what 
we end up putting on the air. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, occasionally things get a little different around here. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was a discussion about prolapsed anuses yesterday that I thought probably would not ever make Go it. Go over. Well, no. not if when I worked at, at Pete bank. Marwick, they would probably not appreciate that I probably was, would bring that up. I'm not sure everybody in, in the a, room appreciated it yesterday. But well, you're the one okay. who had the story about it. It just. <laughs> I didn't bring it up, though. No, no. but there was a related st- topic. Yeah. Somebody sitting on the toilet too long. Yeah. And that's what happens. Your stuff will fall out. I didn't. I didn't know that. You have to be careful. Uh, but women are being honored today. It is International Women's Day. McDonald's will be flipping its icon. Uh, the golden arch is being flipped from the M to the W. To honor women everywhere, the icon will appear in its digital channels. Some restaurants will even be flipping their signs. Many restaurants will also have special crew clothing and food packaging to commemorate the day. We did talk about this yesterday. Amazon users reporting strange laughter coming from Alexa-enabled devices. According to The Verge, some people noted unprompted laughter or hearing the device laugh in response to a basic command like, turn off the lights which would be an unsettling response to oh, just yeah. hear a... <laughs> That's the laugh? It's like a creepy laugh? I don't know. Well, they some people are saying it's creepy. Some have described it as scary. Amazon says it is aware of the problem. They're working on a fix for it. Many people have uh, decided to unplug their devices to keep Alexa quiet, especially at night. Oh, good. Alexa's already self-realizing. This is turning into a nice little Stephen King movie. That's what you want. You want to be getting ready to go out for the night and like looking at yourself in the mirror in here. <laughs> yeah, right. Look at you. That stupid shirt. Getting out of the shower. <laughs> Alexa, did you just say something? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so how normal is your sex life? According to a new survey, the average American couple has sex nine times a month. It's 108 what? times a year. <laughs> <laughs> Also, the average couple has sex for 69 minutes per week. Hey-o. Rob Gronkowski, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, that's 60 hours a year. The survey by adult product online retailer Eden Fantasies found that 75% of respondents said their busy schedule prevented them from doing it regularly. And 60% said they wish they were doing it a lot more often. 12% of respondents said they were lucky to have sex even just once a month. said they actually do schedule sex with Saturday night being the most scheduled night. Nine times a month? (laughs) Is this couple both unemployed and taking (laughs) Molly? (laughs) Nine? Get out of here. No kids, no jobs. Right. The man accused of stealing. That seems, I mean, you know, your basic married couple, That it seems like that would be. Seems way high. Especially with kids. With, yeah. So it's twice a week. Like, yeah, again, with a, that with seems a, really With high. an extra one in there somewhere. <laughs> with an extra, with an extra one. vacation. Uh, yeah. Hi, how you doing? Hello. A man accused of stealing Francis McDormont's Oscar is pleading not guilty to grand theft. Terry Bryant's lawyer says a video showing his client holding the Oscar doesn't mean that he stole it. Daniel Brookman convinced a judge yesterday to release Bryant on his own recognizance. He faces up to three years behind bars if he's convicted. Francis doesn't want to see him prosecuted. However, the Academy of Motion Pictures, Arts and Sciences 
technically owns the statuette and is listed on the police report as the victim. Uh, they want the, the book thrown at him. Frances won the Best Actress Oscar hours before the theft for her performance in three billboards outside Epping, Missouri. Netflix has bought the rights to Paradox. That's the movie starring Neil Young and directed by his girlfriend, Daryl Hannah. The film will have its world premiere at South by Southwest March 15th, then launch on Netflix March 23rd with a limited theatrical release to follow. The cast also includes Lucas and Micah Nelson from Promise of the Real and their dad, Willie Nelson. A soundtrack to the film will also be released on vinyl and digitally March 23rd. It's got studio and live performances by Neil Young and Promise of the Real, along with some covers and music composed exclusively for the film. I was talking uh, to my buddy last night about Neil Young and he did one of the most gangster things ever. Remember when he did that uh he did the unplugged? Mm-hmm. He hated it. He was like I want to do it again. They're like, "No, we're not paying for this again." He's like, "All right, I'll pay for it." 500 grand of his own money brought the audience back in and redid the whole thing. And it I think he won Grammys for it. How cool was that though? Oh, it's Nobody does that. That whole he put three albums out in a row there that were just great, and that was when Harvest Moon came out because he played songs from Harvest Moon on his Unplugged. Did he do that with a whole album? Did he, like, remaster an entire album as no, well? I mean, he, there's, he has so much recorded material. He's just He's very prolific. He's annoyingly prolific, as I like to say, because you can't catch up with him. If you go through his 90s catalog, it. I mean... There's like 10 albums. They're all good. They're really good. But like, there's a lot of stuff there. It's like Ryan Adams. Uh, people are, who are Ryan Adams fans, I never understood how you could keep up with what he puts out because there was a while there where he's putting out an album every six months. I was a Brian Adams fan. Putting out the same thing. <laughs> so much stuff to get through. So much. Forecast today, increasing cloud snow is possible mid-30s for the high today. It's 24 at DVE. Morning show. My mic makes a lot of noise. Don't forget the Get Your Shamrocks Off St. Patty's Day contest going on right now. Send us a limerick, and you can spend the whole day from uh, kegs and eggs at the Harp and Fiddle. You get, first of all, hotel accommodations downtown, kegs and eggs at the Harp and Fiddle. Then you got uh, uh, the parade parade with Sean Casey and and Bill Crawford and me, and uh, possibly Val, possibly Mike. I think it's weather dependent. And we'll be uh, partying there at the parade. Whether you make her drink alcohol or not. No, there's no making. We don't make. And then two, uh, then you go over uh, to the uh, Hard Rock and see the band Corned Beef and Curry. And then from there, uh, you, you use your uh, Uber gift cards that we hook you up with for the uh, weekend's Ubering. Take it over to the Rex. You're the guest MC for the Bastard Bearded Irishman party at the Rex Theater. And um, uh, you're the guest MC, which means you're going to be in front of a you know huge crowd of people who are screaming their faces off and uh, probably just you know green as far as you can see and i i'm guessing the irishman will figure out another way to involve you with the band you'll probably be playing on a song <laughs> at some point then you get permani brothers afterwards for your late night grub go to db.com slash contest and get registered right now uh, joining us right now uh from a town that has one of the biggest celebrations on saint patrick's day in the country, in Chicago, it is Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com, the thinking man's pervert. Do you ever go down to the uh, to the uh, festivities there? Yeah, I made the mistake last year of bringing my kids down there, oh. and you've never seen so many drunk people in one place as downtown Chicago for St. Patrick's Day. So you guys dye the river green? Yes. 
And ours is already green, so we don't have to do anything with that. <laughs> right, but the streets are dyed brown with throw-up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, do people recognize you? No. That's a good thing. Because, I, I, you know, I know people in the industry know who you are. Yes. They know what you yes, look yes, like. Yes, yes. But I'm wondering if the, the average Joe on the street. So when you do, like, Stern and, and stuff like that, it doesn't translate into people knowing you or, or those Playboy minutes. face, but if um, – I'm at a party, and this happens all the time. If I'm at a party or get together, and I don't know people, and they find out what I do, they, you know, sometimes, sometimes, especially guys, get really excited about it, which to me is really weird. But um, it happens all the time. Um, the the nineteenth annual Anatomy Awards always coincides with the Academy Awards. Congratulations, nineteen years yeah, of doing thanks. this. You know, it's funny when I started MrSkin.com dot com in nineteen ninety nine. There were five television shows that had nudity. Uh, the Sopranos had just finished its first year in Sex and the City, and a couple shows you guys probably don't even remember. Five Dream shows. on. <laughs> right, but that was actually over by the time I started. Oh, okay. But but the uh, right now. Active, active shows with nudity. There's 137 television shows across 35 networks that we get grab content for Mr. Skin. National Geographic even did original programming in 2017, uh, a show called The Long Road Home, which featured a nude scene. So it's like yeah, but that like, wasn't like uh, like some uh, aborigine tribe or anything. No, like it that. was. A- Good-looking good girl getting out of bed naked, and it was on National Geographic. When I was a kid, I had to look at National Geographic for my only source of nudity, and now it, they have it on their uh, network. So. I was that was like pygmy women with like infants hey, on their when back. When you were in the 70s, growing up as a little kid, man, you were like, whatever you could get. You know? I'm always surprised that uh, there aren't more men over the age of 40 who actually married uh, African tribal women. <laughs> 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 like they, they they developed that <laughs> sexual proclivity early on. Honey, could you put this bone in your nose? Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, well, the Anatomy Awards. This is where you give out your own awards uh, yeah. for best of the year. And yeah. There, there's. So, what's the best TV show for nudity for for 2018? Yeah, and I should say that we have 42 total categories at the front page of our site for free if anyone wants to check it out. But for instance, we now give out an award every year for best TV show for nudity. And as you can imagine, it's some tough competition. But The Deuce on HBO, uh, the show from David Simon of The Wire about the uh, sex and porn industry in the early 70s uh, around Times Square, 42nd Street, every episode had multiple great nude scenes. Fifteen actresses, including Maggie Gyllenhaal, did nudity. And uh, if you saw any of the nudity from The Deuce, you'll know that the uh, Merkin department was Merkin. hard at work. Uh, Merkin is the uh, that's the uh, pubic wig. Yes, for those yes. who don't know. Yes. Um, do you like that show? Yeah, it's a pretty cool show, and uh, it's it's actually well acted, good characters, and like literally just loaded with beautiful women nude. All at the very same depressing time. though. A very <laughs> yeah, depressing it is a little, show. It totally oh, is. You're right. So the nudity picks it up a bit. Uh, best farty farty. Best Marty <laughs> Feldman nips. Yeah, we had fun with this one. There was a, 
For those who don't know, Marty no Feldman. Marty. Yeah, well, first of all, you have to know who Marty Feldman is. He was a, in a lot of Mel Brooks movies. He was known for his googly eyes that looked in different directions. And we found this movie called Peelers in which Victoria Gomez plays a stripper. And by the way, these are strippers who fight zombies. So it could give you an idea of the movie. Nice. But, uh, we were looking at her topless on stage and noticed that um, her nipples were very similar to Marty Feldman's eyes and looking <laughs> in different directions. So uh, that was an interesting award we gave to Victoria Gomez, best Marty Feldman nips. So. Um, it, yeah, it's tough for me. There's so many that I can't do. No, no, I get it. Well, maybe one good one is most nude people in one scene, Okay, which is fun, from the uh, critically acclaimed Space Babes from Outer Space. And uh, <laughs> there were uh, ten total girls up on stage topless in, in one scene and there were two aliens in the audience and the reason the girls were up there was to make the aliens so excited they would kill themselves and that's exactly what happened in this in this scene so the uh best monster human sex category yeah i don't well, think that's what a lot of people thought it would be yeah people thought the shape of water was sally um hawkins would be it but no we found a ten times better scene, uh, Ruth Ramos in the Mexican movie, The Untamed, and it's like this alien tentacle monster. It looks like a mix between an alien and an octopus, and it actually, it and Ruth Ramos have sex. And i got to tell you, not only is it crazy, something you've, I had never seen anything so wild, but they did a Blu-ray extra of this movie and showed how they, how they did it with people controlling the levers. And uh, they, they kind of took a step back and let you see how the scene was filmed. It was pretty fascinating. But forget the shape of water. Uh, Ruth Ramos in The Untamed was the best monster human sex. So. <laughs> the most shocking nude scene. Yeah, people were definitely shocked by this. Amy Schumer and Snatched. Uh, it's, it happens at the 27-minute mark, and uh, she's talking to this guy she just met, and they both had a few drinks, and she's really digging him, but she doesn't notice that in the course of the <laughs> evening, as she's talking to him, her whole right breast has popped out of her dress. It's actually a very funny scene, but you don't see it coming, so ah. it's uh, our most shocking. That is and aggressive. Last but not least, uh, breast uh, picture. What's the breast picture? Yeah, the breast picture is a mainstream film that we felt had the best sex and nudity. <laughs> and, and our winner was a movie called Below Her Mouth, which if you see what? the picture... Whoa. That's a mainstream movie? Yes, it is. And that's why the world is a better place these days, because this is what's going on in mainstream film. But uh, Natalie Krill, who you see in this picture in the bathtub, yeah. is a fashion editor, and she has an affair with a, a woman who's a roofer, a construction worker named Erica Linder. And it has an all-female right. crew on this movie, and believe me, it was uh, spectacular nudity, and you'll love it. It's called Below Her Mouth, a Canadian movie. Oh, the Canucks. Well, there you go. Yeah, right. uh, Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com. You can see the whole list uh, that we can't talk about here at uh, MrSkin.com. And congratulations to Madonna for getting the Skin Achievement Lifetime yeah, Skin Achievement Award. Yeah, the Lifetime Skin yeah. Achievement Award. I'm sure she's very proud. So, big, yeah. big going on there. Mr. Skin, MrSkin.com. Always a pleasure to talk you with you, You got it, man. guys. Take care. Take care. Mike Pursuta with your sports right now. The Penguins last night in Philadelphia, hostile territory behind enemy lines. And it was supposed to establish 
or at least help establish the hierarchy of the Metropolitan Division. And it did just that. I I, I didn't. Uh, I wasn't one hundred percent confident it was going to end up the way it did. But yeah, more of a potential statement game for the Flyers. Right. It was not. It turned out to go the way the first two Penguins Flyers games went this season, and that was with the Penguins scoring at least five goals yeah. and winning the game five to two. Uh, the historical number was uh, the three assists that Sidney Crosby achieved, ran his career points total. To 1,100. Crosby, the 62nd player in NHL history to make it to 1,100 points. But the bigger deal seemed to be Connor Sherry getting a couple of goals, his 13th and 14th of the season. Sherry took the ice last night in South Philly with no goals in his last 15 games and with four goals in his last 44. It was a profound drought, and Sherry acknowledged that uh, it had been weighing on him. I mean, I think it would anyone. I think uh, you take it a little personally. You think you're not playing well, and it's just important to come to the rink in a positive mindset and keep working to get better each night. Yeah, sure. He tried to stay positive, tried to keep at it. His head coach, Mike Sullivan, stuck with him on the ice and tried to counsel him when he could off the ice. Yeah, no, I, I talked to him. I talked to him a, a, a few times, and, uh, you know, and essentially what I said was nothing lasts forever. And, uh, you know, there's... Uh, there's when you when you play pro sports, every player is going to go through uh, ups and downs. It's a challenging league, and uh, you know, as I said to Connor, it's like a, it's like a you know, Hall of Fame hitters in baseball go through slumps. They don't forget how to hit. You know, it's uh, it. I think it, that that's just the the nature of pro sports. It, it can be hard. You go through ups and downs. You just have to try to simplify your game and and control your attitude and push through it and. You know, Connor's really worked hard, and he's, uh, regardless of what line we put him on, he's just trying to push through it and control what he can. So um, he's done a real nice job, and obviously with Rope Point. Sully getting deep. Nothing lasts forever. You know, it's. Sherry's, uh, he's scored a lot of big goals for this team the last couple of years, and that 4 44 games is bad. I mean, that is a drought. Understand people were losing patience with him. I'm glad the Penguins stuck with him because I think he's got a knack for scoring. He goes to the net even though he's a little guy, and he's done it in tough situations. He's done it in the playoffs. I think they get him going again. That's that's only going to help. And uh, injury forced Sullivan's hand last night, losing Brian Rust and Dominic Simone early in the game. So he wound up with Sidney Crosby between Sherry and Jake Gensel, and all those guys had big nights, and that line ended up having a big night. Sid and the kids. Yeah. Uh, Sullivan's not married to any combinations. He goes with what's working, and hopefully this will start working. I wonder again. what it was that he saw that he thought now might be the time that this works. Well, it was, well, the it was two guys getting hurt. Yeah. Rust oh, so and, that force, yeah. yeah. Rust right. and Simone. Yeah, Sher- Sherry started on the fourth line last night, but, uh, but he's – he didn't give up on him. They didn't trade him. They didn't banish him to the minor legs. They just he hasn't been finish. a healthy scratch. Yeah, just get out there, keep working, get it done. Um, I didn't get to see the game last night because I was uh, uh, otherwise uh, engaged. But well, you got engaged. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah. Congrats, man. Yeah, it was it was a nice uh, little ceremony. Um, it, it sounded like uh, Milbury after the game. I got to see the post game. Oh God, he's uh, he's a mess. Yeah, that was. By his standards, that was bad. It really feels like uh, he's uh, jumped the shark is a phrase that has jumped the shark, but 
he's really sort of useless. I'd like to see somebody else getting that much national. He was bitching about the there were no fights, and then he started yeah. I don't know, referencing uh, a fish called Wanda at some point. Which uh, in the post game, yeah, which I don't know where he was going with that, but yeah, he was disappointed that particularly from the Philadelphia end, he didn't think they played. Nasty enough or emotionally enough in a in a game where they needed emotionally enough to is a fair a criticism. It's, um, he was like pointing out, you know, he was disappointed that you know some scrums didn't turn into something yeah. bigger, and I guess that's how he sees emotion as being played out. It was almost uh, at the end of the game. There were a couple of shots at garbage time, and right at the final horn, every people coming off the benches looked like it might get out of control a little bit, and uh, he, he sounded disappointed that it didn't. I wonder why. He's a meathead. A goon from way back. So, not the best. Meat-like fight. Oh, good. Can you represent the league for us on the network? Jari, once again, though. It's okay. I. He looks he's shaky at times. Well, but the first goal, the Voracek goal, was uh, not. I didn't have a problem with either one of them. Really? Yeah. No, I think he's doing second an admirable was, job. Second one was kind of fluky. Yep. He, had his, Bouncing ball. he had his right yeah. leg against the post, and the puck was on his pad, and somehow, I forget who scored that one for the Flyers, um, Konecki, he was able to get his blade under the puck and like flip it up in the air under yeah, the that bar. Was a, yeah, that was a weird goal. Pretty good play by them. Yeah. I mean, they improvised one. Good for them. You know, it happens. Uh, I, for the most part, he gets it done, Jari. Uh, he said... I don't see the shakiness that uh, the, the, I think the one um, that we just described, he had a chance to catch and he didn't catch it. And that's what created the scrum around the net. But, you know, you're not going to catch every puck. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. Lev Bell making another statement. Oh, God. Again? Josh Yowie from The Athletic will join us at 815 to expound more on that win and uh, talk a little Penguins going forward here. Is Connor Sherry back moving forward find out <laughs> coming up on the dve morning show it's the dve morning show mike Pursuta. so now lev bell says he won't skip any part of the season he say they but he will skip training camp again i you know i've I read a little that he was all over the place i i haven't mentioned it because i just don't think he's making sense I think that's smart of you. <laughs> I, I don't want to hear anything he has to say anymore. Just let's see what happens. But I I think he has contradicted himself and, and said pretty much everything there is to say in terms of scenarios. Uh, I'm going to do this. No, I'm going to do this. No, I'm going to do this. No. It's he's, like we got to bring Tom Hanks in. It's like cracking yeah. Da Vinci's code. He's babbling. What's he talking about? He's babbling. I've heard that he's just going to approach it like he did last year. So he's going to be there week one. He's not coming to camp again. Yeah, My take on it is that in the Jeremy Fowler interview just before the Jacksonville game and in the Billboard interview that we talked about yesterday, he talked about either sitting out the whole season or sitting out until week 10. Uh, he, right. He did not – if he sits till week 10, he can still get in a crude season and come in and play, and they'd either have to play him or cut him and make him a free agent right then. Uh, there's no way he's going to get a third franchise tag next year because that would cost either 144% of what he's going to make this year, which is $14.5 million, or more than the highest franchise tag in any position, whichever is the greater number. Yeah, they're and, in a Kirk Cousins-like position yeah. with him in terms of the tag. And the quarterbacks, I think this year it's like $23 million or 
something around there. So this, if they don't get the long-term deal worked out, and as long as Bell remains adamant that he's got to get at least 15 a year, I don't think they're going to get a long-term deal worked out. This will be his last year. Now if he's threatening to sit it out or to wait 10 weeks, what do they do? They got to be proactive. They got to they got to look running back. Right? You got to you got to draft one or you got to sign one. You got to have your arse covered, do you not? I think that a lot of Steeler fans are rightly frustrated with Le'Veon Bell and just want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. That's it, a, that's an emotional reaction and they're not going to do that. They obviously value the guy. If they offered him $13.3 million last year average, which they reportedly have, that is a tremendous commitment on their part. And again, they have come up from that. Well, According to Lev Bell, he says. Well, he says. Not, that, he said it's a better deal, which might mean more just guaranteed money. But yeah. I, I just I don't trust anything he says anymore. At this it's, point, it's, I don't think they want it's in their best interest to keep him. Yeah. No, when I when I say I don't trust anything he says anymore, when he's threatening not to play, then I think you have to at least acknowledge there's a possibility that he might be sincere about that. In other words, that's that that's a roll of the dice if you don't have running back, if you don't have a plan B at running back, and you think he's going to show up for week one, he says, "Hey, you know what? I'm not." Then what do you do? Right. That changes the whole draft. I think it does. And, and, and that's a shame because they, the guy need, is... they need defense badly and they're going to have to at least cover their, their bases there, their running back. You know, add on to the, the fact that if the guy smokes pot one more time, he's gone for a year? No. Uh, I think it would be – it wouldn't be a year. I forget what the next uh, level would be. Because the last time he was able to – when he got to three games – yeah, you got it reduced. Well, it was four games, they got it reduced to three. He, he stayed at the same level for some reason. It didn't. It didn't push him on to the next level. Yeah. All right. Maybe if he stays so many years clean, it's like car insurance or something. <laughs> I don't know how they work it. I but just, the guy's in like recording rap songs. He's in like studios recording rap songs. That's like trying to avoid peanuts at the circus. <laughs> They're everywhere, Mike. There's no way that guy's not going to be around weed. I wonder how many people are going to want to record him when he's not a football player anymore. I uh, I, I have no idea. I can't judge his hip hop skills, but I can. They're not. Yeah, good. but a lot of people said that about Pat McAfee. They're like, oh, nobody cares what you have to say if you don't if you're not in the NFL. But his time with Barstool, he's you know he's doing he's a great. funny dude. Yeah, he's got a lot of uh, you know attention on on that podcast right now. I, I think the Steelers would be. I mean, the best case scenario is getting a long-term deal worked out because they, they clearly really value this guy. And they should. He's a great player. I'm, I'm not trying to disparage anything he does on the field, but it, it, you reach a point of diminishing returns, and he's, he's getting close to that with the way he's stressing their cap and with the knucklehead things that he says, uh, which they say don't matter, but they also say they'd like to have less drama next year. So does it not matter or does it matter? Uh, it just... It's, his whole situation to me, when when you have a team this good and a player that good, why is it this contentious isn't the right word, but uh, I guess uh, confused. The well, one thing I would say about Kevin Colbert is he's not emotional in this regard. That's a Mike stupid. Tomlin definitely is. Uh, Colbert, I would just point to James Harrison as an example of why I think he's lets emotion override, but for the with, most part, their their organizational right. habit is to not react 
emotionally to think. So all of this nonsense is not going to affect them. You know, as much no. as it's annoying the fans, yeah. they don't care. They just see it as kind of like a dumb distraction. But that's not going to keep them from put, keeping their eye on the ball. Oh, no. If he shows up tomorrow and says, hey, I'll take the 13.3, I think they will. And would. he's never not played. Once he showed up, you know, he, he started slow last year, yeah. and then he was the best player in the league. He got a little whiny in Cleveland because they weren't giving him the ball enough. He'd been practicing what? what? Ten minutes. Yeah. Right. And then they gave him the ball, though. Yeah. They, he, he and that worked up, out pretty well. He ended up getting it. Um. <laughs> It doesn't have to be that hard, but for this guy, it is. And I think he's so he, – he's getting bad advice or he's not following the advice he's getting because he's way more concerned with status than he is doing the smart thing. Yeah, and he's talked about that. You know, he doesn't want to be constrained by what the other running backs are making. But you are a running back. I mean, at some point. And he's performed really well as a running back. But, again, he has not reinvented the wheel. And there are other right. guys – I wrote about this for my uh, online column on pittsburghmagazine.com. He's special, but he's not unique. And more teams are starting to find guys who can be run-pass options and incorporate them more as part of their offense. It's just it's the way the game is trending. If they go look and they're not going to find a guy as good as him, but they can find a guy to do the things that he does and, and contribute that way. Val's got news coming up next. Valerie, what are you talking about? Um, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, a guy who cut off his son's hands because he wouldn't stop watching porn. Josh Yoey from The Athletic Talks. Pens. Wow, that's kind of harsh. 8.15. <laughs> According to a new survey, the average American couple has sex nine times a month. It's 108 what? times a year. <laughs> <laughs> nine times a month? Is this couple... Both unemployed and taking <laughs> Molly? <laughs> Nine? Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. I wonder how many people were in their car thinking to themselves the same thing. Like, what? Where are we on that average, honey? <sighs> Bringing that down. We got to step our game up. Newlyweds, young married couples, no problem. Uh... Couples who've been together for 20 years. Old people. They got nothing to do. You think they bring the average up? Yeah. Well, these days. Kids are out of the house. They might. Ew. Probably in a comfortable situation, hopefully anyway. Well, you always see like those old guys that are perverts. And I think a lot of old guys probably just were perverts their whole life. But then there's like the George H.W. Bush stuff where they're like, you know what? I'm gonna die soon. I don't care. I'm just gonna be a little, just a, just, just a little pervy. Let me pinch your tush. And but, before it used to be the desire never waned, but you couldn't mechanically do it. And now you, you know, they got all kinds of different things. Well, I think too for old guys, they grew up in a different era where that was acceptable. Oh, absolutely. Right. It's just a different time now, and right. they don't get it. Well, I think a lot of people are resigning from jobs because they were still living like oh, I was brought up Mad in, men. yeah, like it was Mad Men. But at least George H.W. Bush is confined to a wheelchair. I mean, if you want to get away, just, you know, walk away. <laughs> I think that was when he started doing the grab assing, too. And he was like, you know what? I mean, I'm on wheels now. I, you know, it's so I have so little joy. It reminds me of this sketch I it's saw. It's not okay, by the way. No, of course not. I, it reminds me of this sketch I saw in L.A. It was so funny. This guy was... 
He was a monster in a wheelchair. And he came out, he's like, I'm a monster in a wheelchair. And then they were like, well, what about revolving doors? And he's like, I can't get in those, but I am patient. And I will wait because I'm a monster in a wheelchair. What about gravel driveways? That's going to be tough for me, but I will wait. Easy to evade the monster in a wheelchair. Um, At any rate, (laughs) nine times a month is the average. Average, which means there are people who are having sex, married couples who are having sex more often than that. And there have to be a lot of people. I bet there's a few people who are really bringing it up, like some, you know, (laughs) rabbit-like frequent. Going to town. The the Duggars. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Right, because there's a lot of who just aren't doing that. They're not holding up the nine times a month. Well, if you're married and you have kids, I I mean, and you work, like both people work, how do you have the energy? You don't. <laughs> Hence Bill's reaction. <laughs> what? What? No, maybe when the kids are out of the house, that's when you bring the average back up. Maybe yeah. That's what it is. Maybe go just go that have period. a play date. <laughs> we'll call you when we want to come and get you. <laughs> Oh, do you imagine ever walking in on your parents? God, no. No. Why would you even bring that up? Just so it was in your head for a second. My parents hate each other so much that (laughs) I can't even conjure it, so it doesn't matter. I have trouble thinking about my conception because I was a whoops baby. Yeah, you were uh, how much younger? seven years between me and my closest brother. And then they were were trying to bring that average back up. It's seven, 12, and 14 years older. Wow. So they were trying they were doing their oh, best like, to bring up their lifetime batting average. <laughs> yep. Like They're like, all right, was, the kids are older now. Let's get back in the cages. Uh, tired of being cooped up all winter. Yeah, I don't know. As you get older though, doesn't it seem less creepy and more just biological? Maybe. Because it's you who's going to be the older <laughs> creepy person. Yeah, not creepy. I mean uh, biological I meant like your parents having sex. That's uh, I was referring to that. Oh. Like, well, you think about it, it uh, you know, it used to be like, oh, I'd freak out. Now I'm like, oh, whatever, it's biological, and I can't really conjure them even liking each other, so it's not so difficult for <laughs> well, me. Not everybody's parents hate each other. That's true. But it is a distinct difference. Like, wait a minute. Is it true? But there's a biological imperative. That's all it is. And you kind of like each other sometimes. No, I don't. I, no, I'm not trying to say nobody likes each other. I'm saying like, th- doesn't that give you some comfort from the heebie-jeebies of thinking of your parents oh, having sex? Yeah. I try really it's not like, to think about it much. <laughs> it's like breathing. Right. It's just very heavy, creepy breathing. <laughs> Nine times a month. What do you got? Here's a Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Dormont Appliance. Center 11. It's 25 degrees now at DVE. I'm Val Porter. Females all over the world are being recognized today for International Women's Day. The annual celebration commemorates the achievements of women through history and the women's rights movement. The day will be marked worldwide with marches and rallies. There are marches set in New York, L.A., and Washington, D.C. This year's Women's Day campaign theme is Press for Progress. 
Progress, which represents a push for gender equality. The first recognized Women's Day was celebrated in 1909 when 15,000 women marched for better pay and voting rights in New York. The official International Women's Day was adopted the following year. I had no oh, idea it had awesome. been around that long. Me neither. When, when did uh, women get the right to vote? No, when was that? 1919? I was going to say 20-something, but... A Florida grand jury has made it official. Nicholas Cruz has been indicted in the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School shooting. He's charged with 17 counts of first-degree murder and 17 counts of attempted murder for his attack in Parkland, Florida on February 14th. He could face the death penalty, but his attorney says he's willing to entertain a guilty plea to avoid execution. Public defender Howard Finkelstein says the 19-year-old is extremely remorseful for his attack which he has already confessed to. 19th Amendment passed by Congress June 4th, 1919, ratified August 18th, 1920. Last week, a lawyer for Donald Trump secretly got a restraining order in an attempt to silence... And people what, 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 oh, good God. I've got, how many windows? How many open? windows you got open, Grandma? Close, Close them. the window. Close your windows. Um... So his lawyer secretly got a restraining order in an attempt to silence porn star Stormy Daniels from talking about her alleged affair with Trump. That's according to legal documents. Daniels, whose real name is Stephanie Clifford, was paid $130,000 in hush money just before the 2016 election. But in recent weeks, she planned to go public with the details of her affair with Trump, claiming that his lawyer broke the agreement. On Wednesday, White House spokeswoman Sarah Huckabee Sanders was questioned about the controversy and said that Trump's lawyer got a legal leg up on Daniels. The president has addressed these directly and um, made very well clear that uh, none of these allegations are true. This case has already been, been won in arbitration, and anything beyond that, I would refer you to the president's outside counsel. Yeah, I don't want to have to lie boldly about this. Make his lawyer do it. These people are bad at keeping secrets. Do you think she's that uh, the president, you know, the word was he sent her a D pick? No way. <laughs> I totally don't believe that. Well, now that this guy is a completely l- ashamed of his unit. If he if he was proud of his penis, we wouldn't be in this mess. <laughs> Probably wouldn't have put his uh, name in gold letters at the top of high rises. Right. <laughs> yes, that's right. That guy, he would have done a lot of you'd see a lot of Trump teepees. Well, <laughs> here's my question about this alleged contract that he allegedly didn't sign, which was an alias. How can it be a legally binding contract if you just put a fake name on it? I have no idea. And why was she paid $130,000? Nothing and here's happened. The, we you, know it happened. And here's the other thing. If you won an arbitration, why would you want that to be a secret? If you weren't guilty of anything and you were totally innocent, wouldn't you want that to be out there for everybody to see. Yeah, right, because your win in arbitration would prove that you didn't do anything. Well, what did they win in arbitration, though? I don't know. A new car. <laughs> A brand new Was car! It keep your mouth shut? I don't understand how what any of the stuff that is happening at this point, other than he definitely had an affair with a porn star, and uh, none of it surprises me. He had a, an affair with the Playboy model, too. This guy's bragged about this stuff. This is not a surprise. But, the, you know, it's one of a hundred stories that 
five years ago would have been on a 24-hour news cycle. Well, all the all so many people commenting on Twitter because she apparently, if she talks, will face a million dollar penalty or whatever, according to this contract that might be fake or whatever. But why wouldn't some rich guy just give her a million bucks and say, talk? Yeah, no, that's what I was saying before is why didn't she go to some like, you know, yeah. rich uh, Democratic activist and be like, hey, he's only going to pay me 130 grand to shut up. How much you got? <laughs> right, start an Indiegogo for your. That's right <laughs> for your story. Get an eBay for the <laughs> bid going. Go fund for, me. Yeah, something like that. Go fund yourself. <laughs> Some TV shows are looking for contestants and actors in the Pittsburgh area. Shark Tank going to be holding auditions at Rivers Casino March 28th. Now the stars of the show won't be there, but you'll be able to pitch your idea to producers. You can get more information on that at riverscastinghall.com. Mindhunter is looking for extras for season two. The Netflix series films here in Pittsburgh. The casting call will be March 16th at 4 o'clock at the Greater Pittsburgh Masonic Center uh, in Ross Township. If you can, can't can make that, there's still a way for you to get in on additions, but go to the Pittsburgh Film Office website for more information on that. There's also a Mindhunter Extras casting Facebook page, so you can get more info there increasing clouds today snow is possible mid-30s for the high it's 24 at dve josh yoey from the athletic joining us right now talking pens josh good morning how are you good guys how are you pretty good great did uh did they stumble last night did did uh, mike sullivan uh, stumble into a, a solution for how to best work his lineup right now uh perhaps he did you know as great as the penguins have been the last couple of months one of the little subplots has been that Sidney Crosby hasn't been real comfortable with his wingers. He, they haven't really figured out what to do with that top line. And all of a sudden, uh, here comes Sid and the kids again with Jake Gensel and Connor Sherry. We've seen the line work in the past, and it was dynamic last night in the words of Mike Sullivan. So uh, you're going to keep the three together for a little while here, I have no doubt. Yeah, and uh, they need Connor Sherry. You know, they're kind of counting on him with this lineup right now uh, to get hot. So that had to have done wonders for his confidence to have that game in Philadelphia, of all places. Yeah, I'm sure. And he is the streakiest player ever. We, we <laughs> joked in the press box after he scored a goal, like, oh, he's probably going to score again. And then, you know, 30 seconds later, he did. That's <laughs> how he is. And the thing about him, you know, he's not a bad player. He, he certainly has some ability. He has scored some big goals over the years for the Penguins. But the only time he has really been consistently productive is on Sidney Crosby's line. So you know what? If he knows how to play with Sid and if he's going to score there, then, then play him there because he hasn't really been very useful anywhere else in the lineup. But if he's going to work there, uh, that's not necessarily a bad thing at all. And, and, Josh, that's the kind of guy that you have to try to mine what you can get from him, right? Because isn't goal scoring still the toughest thing to do in this league? No, it is. And, and he's, I, I hate to use this hockey cliche much, but Sherry's one of those guys, if he's not scoring, he's not really helping you. You know, he's not a penalty killer. He's obviously not a physical presence or anything like that. But he can score. He has scored so many big goals in the playoffs the last couple of years. He does have that ability. And he and Crosby have always had some chemistry. And that line, let's not forget how great that line was a year ago at this time. Uh, really all through March of last season, it was the best line in hockey. Then Sherry hit that bizarre slump in the playoffs, and that was that. But uh, there's always been something there with those three guys. And, and, you know, Crosby's been okay lately, but let's not act like he's been dominant. He really hasn't been. And I think part of the reason is he's just not been comfortable with his line mates. Uh, with all due respect to Dominic Simone and, and uh, his elk, uh, you know, he hasn't had the best line mates in the world. But if he's going to be comfortable with these two, 
Sellers and we'll leave them together, and I think that's exactly what will happen. Another guy who showed up last night was Jamie Alexiak. Yeah. Uh, you watch a lot of hockey. D- did you watch this guy before? Think, boy, the Penguins ought to get him. W- what is it with their knack of picking up these guys that look mediocre at best in in other places, and they come here and they seem to be the right fit? We saw it with, we, or we're seeing it still with Schultz. We saw it with Daly. Now here comes Jamie Alexiak. Yeah, it reminds you of the Justin Schultz acquisition an awful lot. That we all thought Schultz was going to be a disaster. Uh, when he came to Pittsburgh, and look at how good he has been. Uh, this guy, Alexiak's a really good player, Mike. I mean, and you can see there's a ceiling there for him to get even better. But, I mean, did but you see that up, before? Because I sure didn't. No, I've seen him play a little bit. I saw a big, lumbering guy that, you know, yeah, he, he was in the league because he was big. That, that's exactly right. And the thing that jumps out on me is his offensive game. Uh, he has a real knack in the offensive zone. He, he's very instinctive. And, and watch it, you know, when he gets the puck at the point, he shoots it, and he gets it on net, and that might not sound like a big deal, but that's not really the Penguin way. But but it's actually a healthy thing, and, and you saw last night, every time he gets it on net, he's got a really good shot. Um, this is a very intriguing player who's getting more and more minutes, and deservedly so. I, I think by the looks of things, they got an absolute steal from Dallas. And as far as you can tell, what is in reserve in the event they need more than the 7D they have? Well, that might be the biggest issue moving forward for the Penguins, other than Matt Murray's health, of course. Uh, they don't have much in the system after Chad Ruedel slash Matt Hunwick, and it's pretty clear now that Ruedel is going to be the number six guy and Hunwick is going to be the number seven guy. After Hunwick, there is a pretty significant drop-off. I think Frank Corrado might be the next guy in line in Wilkes-Barre. He's not horrible, but I don't think you want him playing in a playoff game. That is a concern. Jim Rutherford tried to get a defenseman at the deadline, just a depth guy, uh, to, to be, you know, to get the Penguins eight deep at the NHL level. And the asking prices were apparently pretty extraordinary, and he just didn't feel comfortable giving up multiple draft picks for such a guy. But uh, it is a concern for the Penguins. Those guys on the blue line need to stay healthy. Josh Yowie from The Athletic. Great piece on uh, Chris Letang earlier this week, too, man. Well, I appreciate that. And boy, has he been good lately. Uh, yeah. He quietly is getting his game together, and we all know how much he struggled in the first half, but he's a different player now. Josh Yowie from The Athletic. Always a pleasure, man. Thanks for joining us this morning. All right, guys. You got it. We'll see you. Yeah, Alexiak last night stepping up big time, Mikey. DVE Sports. Nine minutes a month. <laughs> Mike Pursuta with your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. I have to tell you, I thought it would be a high-scoring affair last night, but I wasn't sure the Pens were going to win. Especially not a 5-2 win in Philadelphia last night. Yeah, I was with you. I thought that was going to be uh, a challenge. Uh, usually when the Penguins and Flyers get together, it gets wide open and it gets high scoring. A raucous but, uh, crowd expected, and I'm not sure that that's what ended up happening. There's, yeah. From what you guys said, a little more of a, an Eagles pep rally happening. They sang Fly Eagles Fly really well in unison, led, Can- led by uh, Mummer Kelsey. The rivalry is still pretty intense, but it's not what it used to be. You don't, I don't think? think? Not like no, because they don't play like they used to play. No, I would agree with Val because I don't think the Flyers have been competitive enough. Yeah, and like in the years when who's the guy with the red hair that went to Columbus? Hartnell. Hartnell. Hart, yeah, and Aaron Asham was there, and oh, yeah. just they don't goon Riley it Cote, up as much there? as they used to. Who? Riley Cote. Did he play in Philly? I think I can't remember. Yeah, there's, there, so there are fewer meatheads, but I think the the bigger dynamic is that 
Philadelphia has to be perceived as a threat. You can't have a rival with somebody you just beat and beat and beat and beat. Right, and beat. it's, it's just, like the Browns. Yeah. There's, They're not as bad as the Browns. You know, in the 60s and the 70s, Steelers-Browns games were Armageddon. And now they're just two <laughs> wasted weeks on the schedule. They're de facto buys. You don't, you don't start foaming at the mouth on Tuesday for an upcoming game on Sunday against Cleveland. There was some A anticip- scrimmage that counts. They there, might. <laughs> there was some anticipation for this one, uh, Penn's Flyers, I thought. And uh, it's kind of what we uh, are used to seeing of late. Sports is brought to you by Emporio, a meatball joint. The Penn's 5-2 win over the Flyers last night included three assists for Sidney Crosby. That made Crosby the 62nd player in NHL history to record 1,100 career points. He is the second to do so this season in the past three weeks, following on the heels of Alex Ovechkin, who got his 1100th point on February the 15th. Only 12 players in history have scored uh, 100, or excuse me, 1100 points in fewer games than Crosby. He did it in his 850th game. Uh, Among those who have done it faster, Yarmir Yager, 825 games. Mario Lemieux, 550, and Wayne Gretzky, 464. That's absurd. Uh, Crosby also continued to get it done against Philadelphia, home or on the road. He now has 91 points in 62 career games against the Flyers. That is is his third best uh, per game average against any opponent, Uh, 1.47 is the number against Philadelphia. Crosby averages 1.54 points per game against the Sabres and 1.77 against the Islanders. As for uh, why he has consistently excelled against Philadelphia, Sidney Crosby really uh, couldn't put a finger on it. I don't have a great explanation for you, to be honest. I mean, uh, you know, it's, it's a tough game, and I think everybody gets up for these games, and, you know, they know how intense and how long the rivalry's been here. So I think, you know, I think it brings up the best in everybody, but I don't have a great explanation for you. Crosby was able to speak in a little more, and what he could have just said was, because I hate those guys. Yeah, they call me a bitch even when their team wins a Super Bowl. So there's a little extra incentive in yeah, this for me. He usually shows up against Philadelphia. Uh, he had a much uh, more detailed uh, explanation as to why Connor Sherry was able to break out of his profound slump last night. Sherry getting a couple of goals, and uh, Sidney Crosby thought that Sherry earned them. Yeah, he just keeps working hard. And he, his game doesn't doesn't change, you know, regardless of you know uh, what situation he's in or minutes or you know role that kind of thing. He always has the same work ethic, and um, like I said, he goes to tough areas. He goes in that uh, plays a lot bigger than he is, and uh, it's it's great to see him get a couple tonight. Sherry's two last night uh, were his first two in the last 16 games. He now has six in his last 45 games, but hopefully. He is trending upward. The Penguins back on top in the Metropolitan Division with 82 points. The Caps have 81 in two fewer games than the Pens have played. Philadelphia has 79 points and the Devils 76. Penguins are at Toronto on Saturday and they'll host Dallas on Sunday. Uh, Antonio Brown uh, has had his contract restructured to help the Steelers free up salary cap space. We know this because Antonio Brown posted it on Instagram yesterday. Instagram. Good job, A.B. 
Pirates lose to the Blue Jays 13-4. to Tyler Glass now got hammered again. As he, uh, <laughs> and he didn't pitch very well either. So maybe, did Steve Blass. Maybe the two events were related. Uh, Bucks will host the Tigers uh, in Bradenton today. Clint Hurdle announced yesterday that Yvonne Nova is going to start the season March the 29th in Detroit. And Jamison Tyone will get the ball for the Buccos in the home opener on April the 2nd against the Minnesota Twins. Multiple reports uh, have pit head basketball coach Kevin Stallings meeting with Panthers athletic director Heather Like today. I uh, wonder what they're going to talk about. Uh, pit coming off a one-and-done appearance at the ACC tournament at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn. Uh, you know, the New York Post did a preview of that tournament, as newspapers often do, and it's a little capsule look at every team. You know, good player, mm-hmm. X-factor, strengths, weaknesses. Here's what the New York Post wrote about Pitt in its little pre-tournament blurb. Uh, strength, showing up on time for the next game. <laughs> Weakness, <laughs> basketball. <laughs> and then for every team, they had a little <laughs> subhead, can win title if. And for Pitt, it was, can win title if every team dies laughing at the notion. The Panthers are the only team in the Yikes. nation to go winless in conference. Oh, my God. What happened? This is going to be the shortest performance review of all time today. Hey, Kevin, how are you? You're fired. Weakness. Basketball. Oh. Uh, look. You know, you go 0 for 18 in a conference, and that's the kind of they crap you're going to have to hired him in the first place. This was a controversial do. hire to begin with. It was. Maybe teams will start uh, trending away, or schools will start trending away from search firms. Yeah. I don't understand. You can't go find the guy you need, you know. Big 12 tournament, West Virginia plays Baylor tonight, and in the A-10 tournament, Duquesne has Richmond. Uh, Don't forget to mark your calendar for the great sports debate on March the 14th. 7.30 is kickoff. Doors open at 6.30. you got to be 21 to get into Tequila Cowboy on the North Shore. The sponsor, as always, is Bud Light. I'll be there along with Mark Madden, Stan Saverin, Adam Crowley, and Tim Benz. Bob McLaughlin is your host, and Sean Collier, your warm-up comedian. If uh, you want to go big... You can get a VIP ticket for 20 bucks. That includes free food and two complimentary Bud Lights. Uh, even if you're not going to opt for the VIP route, you should register because of the massive crowds that we are expecting to descend on Tequila Cowboy for one of the most anticipated events of the sporting calendar each and every year. Right. The great sports debate. Register now at dve.com. The Mark Madden Mechanical Bull Challenge, always a, always a big favorite. Val's got news coming up next. What do you got, Val? Uh, oh, no, not next, but top of the hour. Uh, yeah, we're going to talk about some Pittsburgh St. Patrick's Day facts. Speaking of St. Patrick's Day, the best damn St. Patty's Day contest ever going on right now. Submit a limerick. Folks, if you don't know what a limerick is, you can't enter this contest. You can enter, but you're not going to win. Are we accepting haiku? No. No. Mm-mm. No, this is not a Buddhist day parade. I don't even know if haiku's for Buddha. I don't know what that means. So you're about the Irish Buddhist? Uh. I drink, therefore I am. (laughs) 
That's no sleeping bag. Descartes wasn't a Buddhist. <laughs> All right. Uh, submit your own limerick uh, for your shot at winning a huge St. Patty's Day prize pack, which includes kegs and eggs from Mulaney's Harp and Fiddle on the Strip. Oh, by the way, you'll be waking up downtown because we have downtown hotel accommodations for you for the entire nice. weekend. Go to kegs and eggs at the Harp and Fiddle. Then you go over to the parade route, jump on the DVE Schultz Ford parade truck with Sean Casey, the mayor. And uh, you also get uh, uh, lunch. And Hard Rock uh, VIP there with the band Corn Beef and Curry playing over at Station Square, which is its own sideshow of a party going yep. on. And then we'll whisk you over to the south side Whisk. with your... It's all whisking. A lot of whisking lot going of on. A lot of whisking. With your free uh, lot of whiskey while Uber we're whisking. that you get all weekend. Uh, and you'll be the guest MC for the Bastard Bearded Irishman at the Rex Theater. And when that's done... When that's and I guarantee you, they'll f- find a way to have you playing an instrument for a song. And when that's Some done, cowbell. you get permanies wow. all hooked up for you. You walk down the street, cap it off with a cap and egg, and back to your uh, your paid for hotel accommodations to sleep it all off. Deadline is noon, March fourteenth. Get your limerick into dve.com. The DVE Morning Show. There's a lot of talk these days about how women's emotions are manipulated and preyed upon when they appear on The Bachelor. Okay, I don't watch The Bachelor, but apparently something happened the other night, which has a lot of people talking along the lines of uh, he committed to one chick, then he bailed on her, and then proposed to another girl. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, it is very weird to me that we are simultaneously watching the Times Up movement and also The Bachelor get record ratings. Yeah, that's that show's weird. been on for ever, at you- least fifteen years. But like some of the most woke. People I know love The Bachelor. I watched the first few seasons and then I bailed on it. So when it was new, and like, hey, this is a crazy show. Well, those are all, but, but it's all like, I mean, it might be demeaning for the women, but they're all active participants, right? And aren't they all? Didn't some? Well, maybe you brought it up. They're all like actresses looking oh, for yeah. gigs. Yeah, they auditioned to get on that show. Well, in a new book, we told you a little bit about uh, last week, Bachelor Nation, where the one STD that knocks everyone off the Bachelor is herpes, apparently. All these girls don't know they have herpes. That blows me away. And that's the gift that keeps on giving. How do you not know you have herpes? Um, I understand you can still ride a bike with that, so maybe they just... <laughs> canoe. Can canoeing. Motorcycle biking. through the forest. It is the Gymnastics. best herpes... That vacation, though, the commercial, I always imagine that was on Herpy Island. Like, there's just one place where all the herpes would go. And by the way, what wouldn't that you, be a good club med? I was just going to say, what if you started a resort for herpes? Why do I have to start oh. it? I don't mean you in particular. They used to have one here. It was called Club Wet. You guys remember that? Down <laughs> at Sandcastle? <laughs> that was, oh, yeah. That yeah. was Herpy Island. I didn't yeah. realize that. Uh, but So in this book, they talked about the fact that herpes knocked everybody off of The Bachelor. I liked it and knocked them out like it was a, a playoff round. Everybody got knocked out by herpes. I mean, herpes was it just was. The, the strongest team that year. Cinderella. Herpes yeah. advances to the next round. Uh, herpes never loses. Herpes is undefeated. Well, in this same book, former producers say another technique they use to manipulate women's emotions is they track their menstrual cycles so they could create maximum drama. What? How do they do that? Like they, they have felt to that them. women on their period were more likely to lose it, and it also made them more susceptible to suggestions from the producers. Good read, Cordell. Like if they thought a woman <laughs> should tell the bachelor she loved him. One producer said, "Quote: It helped because now you got someone who's emotional 
and all you want is emotion. He added, when women cycled together in the house, it created a completely different vibe. Really? Then would they have just a bunch of Pelotons in the basement? Or? I don't think it's that kind of cycling. Oh. I don't know how they tracked it, Val. How do they? How do they all sync up? I don't understand because they're this. Not, they're, I don't think they're in that house that long. Yeah, like, but is a menstrual series, cycle like Bluetooth? Like if you're in the—that's what I'm saying. It's not like like they say <laughs> that women groups of women who live together eventually their cycles get in sync, but I don't think it happens instantly. No, I, I could be wrong. I've I think never it's lived fascinating with a bunch of that women. they get in sync. I mean, that's incredible. I know. And that must be. And it has to do something with the moon. No, it's because um, if they all sync up together, then there are less times per month that they attract bears. Oh, (laughs) is that is that what it is? Yes. It's an evolutionary thing. Right. It's effective because otherwise it would just be. I mean, all the time you are vulnerable to a bear attack. It so, is really crazy, though, that that happens. It, it's it's awesome. And that they prey on that. I don't know how they find that all out. The bears? No. The, oh, the producers. Sends it. Well, they're bears. In this, <laughs> it, honestly, in that analogy, they are. Yeah. <laughs> they're just, they're not hunting for flesh. They're hunting for ratings. I don't begrudge anybody for watching that. I just can't imagine sitting through that and not like my reaction would not be, Oh, I'm being entertained. It would be, Oh my God, I hate everybody. I remember when it was one of the first few seasons and this is when we still did road shows and we would stay overnight. The night before the morning show was the finale of like the first one. It was, yeah. One of the first few seasons. Mm -hmm. And there were like seven people in my room watching the finale of the bachelor. I was not one of them. You were definitely not. I one mean, of them. do you remember like just the dates of like like the 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 organized dates? Like they would go on these helicopter rides. They had I remember this one. They had like Winston Churchill's sailboat. <laughs> so realistic. It's just you know they would be walking in a cave like a forty million year old cave, and then there'd be a picnic set up for them. Winston Churchill like, sailboat. That's, I'm not eating any of those sandwiches, by the way. This is so romantic. A Forty million year old cave. That was actually Gary Oldman's boat. Was it? Yeah. That's what I thought. So they uh they try to get you when you're vulnerable. I don't know that that's news. I do think it's kind of funny though that like somebody's job description. Period it, tracker. Yeah. <laughs> Period tracker. I don't know what you major in in college. Maybe they just check the garbage cans. Oh, oh, that's rough. <laughs> that is in the bottom of the entertainment industry, right there. And in that is other rock uh, bottom entry level job. In other news, uh, this news that actually applies to us: forty four percent, forty four percent of Americans chronically underslept. Uh, I think it's a hundred percent in this room. Yeah, there's no doubt. Yeah. This survey, 44% of working Americans are chronically underslept because of their job. Only 13% say they never miss out on sleep because of work. What do they consider adequately slept? Seven Seven hours is usually the Uh, benchmark for... Not even close. Not even close. No. Younger workers are more likely to be underslept than anyone. 57% of 18 to 34-year-olds say they lose sleep because of work. 45% 45% of people between 35 and 54, and 29% of workers older than that 
lose sleep because of work. Guys are slightly more likely to lie awake in bed stressing out about work-related stuff. All I stress about in bed is not falling be- asleep. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That's it. Oh, my dog is my one dog is on this kick again of getting up at like between two and three a.m. She was up at three fifteen this morning. I'm like, well, I'm just up now. The five cities. My stupid bladder. I I have to get like my my kids asked Serena the other day, why does Daddy always have to pee when he gets up? <laughs> when he gets like up. right when he gets up. I'm like, because I just I have to pee all the time. Now my life is just in between peas. Because you're too healthy. Is that what it is? You got to start eating some crap again and gum up the works a little bit. Okay. Try uh, that. The five cities. Dehydrate myself. Five cities are the most sleep deprived because of work are Miami, Nashville, New York, Chicago, and San Francisco. The cities where it is least common, where you are least likely to be sleep deprived Minneapolis, Cleveland, D.C., San Diego. And Pittsburgh. Hmm. Nobody talked to us about that. We're bucking the odds. Yeah. I think that's kind of like a blue-collar type of town. Work hard all day. I don't have a problem going to sleep. Six irons at night and go to bed. (laughs) That's it. Some opioids. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that doesn't, no correlation to opioids here, I don't think. The top five work-related reasons we miss out on sleep are working too many hours, obsessing over a work-related issue, problems with a coworker, worrying you might get fired, and having a nightmare of a boss. So there you go. Hmm. I'm like, I just, there are times I just worry about the damn alarm. That's it. Will I get up? You get in your own head, and then you psych yourself out. And then you're just tossing and turning. Mine's not will I get up. It is because if I don't, I don't. But like it's. <laughs> right. Right. But it's can I get to sleep? <laughs> you act like I come in at 730 every day. Not every day, but you have. <laughs> come in at 730? A couple times. And I remember sending someone to your house to make sure you're okay because you weren't answering your phone. Slack went to pick him up one time. Someone who lives by you, I'm like, hey, um, drive by Randy's house to see if he's okay. I don't remember that. That was a few years ago. Whatever, but. dude. 18 years? That's like <laughs> one time? Who cares? I think, you know, the, the biggest problem for me is that I have to shut off the internet because the internet becomes my brain and then all of a sudden it's just this endless stream of information that's useless and does me no good. For Do you good. drink a lot of caffeine no. through the day? Nope. One cup of coffee in the morning. Wow. That's pretty much it. And I've been drinking that sleepy time tea you gave me. <laughs> and right you before still can't I, go to sleep? Right before I put on my night-night clothes. <laughs> 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 no, I've been having an easier time going to sleep. Good. I, I reduce my caffeine intake. Yeah, I'm trying to stop napping yeah. in the middle of the I day. I only fill really? up this huge yeah. bucket Three of, of a uh, Yeti <laughs> container that I no, have. Dude, you got a Silo big gulp. of coffee. I, f- I only fill it up three quarters of the way and then try not to drink it, the whole thing. I just hate that middle of the afternoon. I don't know what to do with myself. I feel like my insides feel like uh, Tiger Woods mugshot. That's when you got to eat fruit and work out. Boom, boom. Right there. Me, I take a nap, but you eat fruit, <laughs> work out. What do you got coming up? 
Um, we're going to talk about where St. Patrick's Day ranks or where Pittsburgh ranks in <laughs> terms of St. Patrick's Day celebrations. Learn what a limerick is. Come up with one. Enter this contest and have the best damn St. Patty's Day of your life. Center 11. It's 27 degrees at DVE. The news is brought to us by Sport Clips. In honor of International Women's Day today, Mattel just released a new line of Barbies called the Inspiring Women Collection, which features three historic female figures, Amelia Earhart, Frida Kahlo, and Katherine Johnson. Each doll is priced at $30 and comes with a booklet describing each woman and how her contributions contributions changed the world. Uh, and in honor of International Women's Day, there will be a rally downtown today at the City County Building at 11 a.m. And speaking of, me, of Amelia Earhart, a scientist says her bones may have been found on a Pacific island. An anthropology professor at the University of Tennessee says he is 99% sure that bones discovered on a Pacific island in 1940 are that of the legendary aviator. The new research contradicts a 1941 analysis of the bones that said they belonged to a male. Earhart disappeared while flying over the Pacific Ocean in 1937, and her whereabouts continue to be the source of debate. Um, Some believe she died a castaway on a remote island north of Samoa. The new study says a modern analysis of the bones strongly support the conclusion that they do belong to Amelia Earhart. Interesting. Remember there was that footage that people uh, said uh, proved that she was still alive? There was pictures of her on some Japanese island or something like mm, that. Yeah, that sounds familiar somewhat. She's eating sushi. <laughs> She's just like sitting on the dock in some picture like by the seaside or something. I don't know. With all the talk about a trade war and tariffs on steel and aluminum, good old-fashioned bourbon could wind up being a victim as well. At least that's the opinion of Kentucky's senior U.S. Senator. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell this week sent out a warning about the hooch, saying other countries are threatening to impose tariffs on bourbon if the U.S. goes ahead with extra charges on foreign steel. The Republican-added Kentucky distillers are doing well, largely due to markets outside the U.S., and he doesn't want to see those markets closed off. Parents of cheerleaders at Hot Cheer All-Stars in Elizabeth Township are concerned their kids were exposed to mumps at a national competition last month. Organizers say someone in attendance at the event in Texas had mumps and still came to the event. The Allegheny County Health Department says it is keeping a close eye on the situation. So far, nobody has shown any symptoms or illness. According to the Tribune Review, 27 cheerleaders from our area were at that competition. Well, that's one of those things with mumps. If you got mumps, you're going to know you got mumps. Because they come out in the form of mumps. You don't want them Texas mumps. Oh, they're even bigger. Yep. So we've got our big contest going on for St. Patrick's Day. Get mm-hmm. your sham- shamrocks off, oh. and this should add to the excitement of the day. Pittsburgh is the 10th best city for St. Patrick's Day celebrations. 10th? But that's pretty good. No, we're third. Ask anybody. Wallet Hub compared 200 of the largest U.S. cities across 17 key metrics, including... Irish pubs and restaurants per capita, the lowest price for a three-star hotel on St. Patrick's Day to uh, things like the weather forecast for the day. Wallet Hub found Pittsburgh number one in percentage of Irish population. We are 44th for Irish pubs and restaurants per capita, first in access to bars, 15th in St. Patrick's Day parties and festivals per capita, 17th in average price of a St. Patrick's Day party ticket, 14th for weather and 81st for lowest price for a three-star star hotel on St. Patrick's Day. 
But uh, if you enter the contest, you don't have to worry about that because we're taking your care of your hotel for That's your right. Friday and Saturday night. All access pass. That's right. Do you think there will be a cure for cancer in your lifetime? I hope. I think there's one now. 67% of us uh, do think we'll see that happen. 14,000 people were surveyed about major scientific and technological breakthroughs that we might see in our lifetime. 64% believe robots at work will be a thing. Oh, that's for that's, sure. That's already it a probably, thing. probably doesn't say they are up for a lot of places. 55% say robots at home. That's already kind of a thing. I mean, what what do you think Alexa is? Mm-hmm. Flying cars were also on the list, <laughs> along with living under the sea. Alexa, why are you laughing at me? Traveling to and living on Mars. Aren't there already, like, hotels that are underwater or something? Yeah, but not large scale, I don't think. Not like Atlantis. Atlantis has, like, that huge, basically, aquarium, but... Mm-hmm. Controlling the weather. People think we'll be able to do that. Uh, we're doing a pretty good job of it right now. <laughs> Telepathy and teleportation, people believe, will be a thing in their lifetime. I always think about that for some reason, that telepathy, or not, not telepathy, but teleportation, uh, if you could somehow make some grand bargain that would take you know a minute off your life, if you could, like, every time you do it, and you could just zip from one place to another... How often would you use it? All the time. All the time. A minute? Yeah. All the time. Right. Well, I think you would amass a couple of days pretty quickly. So? Weeks start piling up. But what if longer distances were more minutes? So like from here to downtown, minute. From here to Erie, 10 minutes. Here to California, 20 for sure. That's not really a good scale. No. Erie being 10 okay. in California. I don't know is, what key you're using there. <laughs> bad key. Bad, bad key. Have to recalculate. But. Yep. I would do you it. You would do it? Sure. I don't know. Unless I would come out like the fly. Yeah, that's like what that's what I'd be fly. worried about. No Brundle fly. No Brundle fly. You come out, you're fully intact. <laughs> I said Grundle fly. <laughs> Grundle those fly. Those are even worse. What if you showed uh, up wherever you had to go with Grundle flies? I think they have one of those in G-Star it's jeans. Like, <laughs> it's like, I'm here, but I have Grundle flies. <laughs> Guys, nobody a, wants to talk to me. You would get booted off The Bachelor for that. Dude, why don't you wash your Grundle? <laughs> How many minutes will it take off to go to the 16th chapel? You got flies. 17? <laughs> Paris Jackson, the daughter of the late Michael Jackson, is about to make her film debut. She's starring alongside Charlize Theron and David Oyelowo in Gringo, a dark comedy about a businessman thrust into a life of crime that will be in theaters tomorrow. Actor Michael B. Jordan says he'll be using inclusion riders in all his projects from now on. An inclusion rider is a contract clause requiring a film to meet a certain level of diversity. Actress Frances McDormand made the inclusion rider famous when she uh, mentioned it in her acceptance speech for winning Best Oscar, uh, Best Actress Oscar on Sunday night. Now the Black Panther star says his production company will adopt inclusion riders for all its projects. Michael B. Jordan said on Instagram Wednesday he's been privileged to work with powerful women and persons of color throughout his career, and it is his mission to continue to create for them going forward. Yep, that's right. In Michael B. Jordan's riders now, the studio will have to ensure that just as many women will be on steroids on the set of the movie <laughs> as men. Finally, Russell Crowe. There's no way he's not on steroids, right? He's got to be on steroids. He's uh, pretty shredded. I know he was big in Creed, but 
he's he looks deformed in Black Panther. Yeah, he looks like a superhero. But I think some of those guys just, you know, they they live. What well, I forget who is uh, Captain America, Chris Pine or Chris? No, Evans. Chris Evans. Evans. He put on twenty or thirty pounds of muscle, and he talks about what he had to do to gain that kind of weight when he's putting on muscle mass. He had to wake up and start his metabolism at like three o'clock in the morning and just eat, 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 and just lifting and running. And I mean, it's just painful. So I don't. I, I can understand that he's not on steroids if he immediately deflates after the movie. I. But I, if he's just looking like that all the time, all right. I don't know. Is the Rock on steroids? Probably, because he eats like eight times a day. That's and you why can he's always, always smell what he's cooking. <laughs> That's why he's always asking. Finally, Russell Crowe and his ex-wife are trying to finalize their divorce after five long years and will hold a divorce auction to sell off the actor's movie memorabilia. Rather than have lawyers fight over who should get what, uh, the pair will auction off more than 200 items Crowe has collected over his career. That'll include costumes, a Roman chariot from Gladiator, and some other movie props. The collection is called The Art of Divorce and will take place at Sotheby's uh, Australia on April 7th, which is Crow's birthday. Also, his <laughs> and his soon-to-be ex-wife, Diana Spencer's wedding anniversary. The auction Wasn't is expected... That the name of Lady Diana? That was Diana Spencer, not Danielle Spencer. Oh, okay. Uh, the auction is expected <laughs> to net about $2.8 million. I'm an idiot. He got married on his birthday? Yeah. You know, look, that's all well and good and uh, funny. And, aha, uh-huh, look how he's dealing with his divorce. But he's got kids. The kids are like, oh, dad's a jackass. And uh, this proves it. We're on team mom. Well, she's, dad, I... she must have agreed to it. The kids what, are the probably divorce? pissed. The, uh, the, the auction, they're doing it together, apparently. The kids oh, are probably I thought pissed. it was only him. This story says Crow and Danielle Spencer will auction off more than 200 items. Oh, because the one I sent one to Bill yesterday, uh, a story about that, and I read it as being only Russell. But all right, well, maybe because he's a little I, more well known than I she. wanted the chariot. I, <laughs> maybe I they're the, probably like, why would I want that, Dad? That one thing, yeah, they expect to get what two and a half million dollars? Yeah, two point eight. That doesn't seem like that no. much for them. For 200 items, right? I don't know. Lawyers are expensive. Ask Michael Flynn. (laughs) Forecast today, increasing clouds. We could get some snow temperatures only in the mid-30s today. It's 26 at DVE. Val, do you like all of these reality miniseries that have been popping up since the OJ? Uh, Some, yeah. Have you seen the Waco, Texas one? I started to watch it and I didn't finish it. Everybody tells me that one is very good. I really now, wait want a minute. Is this the scripted one or the documentary? Scripted. Okay, no, yeah. I didn't see the, any of that. Michael Shannon is in that. Is he David Koresh? No, he's Janet Reno. <laughs> That's weird. But they might have a new one coming out. And I am on board for this. Hulkamania. <laughs> but... Not not, not the rise of Hulkamania. No, we've seen that story. Just his feud with Gawker. <laughs> Tremendous. That should be entertaining. Oh, yep. my God. I, mean, I don't know why they didn't just air that that whole trial like the OJ thing. Is Court TV still a thing? I don't think so. No. So, as you know, Terry so Balea, Hulk, 
his real name, sued Gawker for posting video of him having sex with his friend's wife, Bubba the Love Sponge, legendary uh, Florida disc jockey. Hogan won the lawsuit and was awarded $150 million, which forced Gawker to file for bankruptcy and shut down. That's that one jackass out in Silicon Valley. I think is it Peter Thiel? Yeah. He's the guy that funded this. Um, the whole thing is indirectly now leading to some changes to how commenting works on what is probably your favorite website, but that's only relevant in the sense that the world is complicated and weird sometimes. So says Sam Barsanti from uh, um, Uproxx, who wrote this story about a television show that could come to fruition. Black Rock Productions picked up the rights to a book about the saga of the Gawker lawsuit from Hulk Hogan. So I'm not exactly sure if there'll be enough Hulk Hogan in this for my liking. It might be a little bit too much behind-the-scenes legal <laughs> wrangling and arguments about freedom of the press, First Amendment rights, etc. Who would play the Hulkster? This is what I want to get to. I think it should be Michael B. Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> Terry Bradshaw? Terry Bradshaw would be a good Hulk. I, mean, I don't have a 10-inch penis. That's ridiculous. <laughs> he's got the skullet for it. Uh, as you may remember, do you have the Hulk Hogan trial sound for me? Can you dig that out there, this please? This is the greatest. Joe? The greatest sound he ever. He was on the stand arguing <laughs> about the size of his penis, which is not something you expect to hear, but he was trying to explain to the to the prosecutor, or not prosecutor, but the Gawker defendant, or lawyer, lawyer, that when he talked about the size of his penis, he did so as the Hulk. And he claimed the Hulk, who is a fictional persona, has a huge penis. <laughs> but the regular guy, Terry, very normal. Average. Very Not normal so penis. Much. Not nearly as big of a penis as the Hulk, who has got a huge penis. <laughs> Enormous. It's going to run wild all over you. <laughs> And the best part about it is Hulk is talking to the guy like it's completely normal <laughs> and this lawyer is some kind of idiot for not being able to understand that he's talking about two different penises on the same person. Yeah. I wonder if he rips off his boxer briefs the same way when he's in the bedroom <laughs> as he used to with his shirts. He says, basically, my imaginary penis is huge. But my well, regular one is not big. What is so hard to understand about I that? I mean, everybody has a huge imaginary penis, say. don't they? You having trouble a with that one there, Joe? A lot of guys think that. Can't find it? Slack probably took it with him to North Carolina, that bastard. Slackomania. Of course he did. It it's might his birthright. Have just it expired. Out. Yeah, sometimes it times out and then it's just out of the system. But it is pretty uh, Old brother. <laughs> no, Terry Balea hung like a gnat. Hulk, though, Anaconda, brother, Terry Balea, two belly buttons, <laughs> one innie, one outie. Well, let's never forget that uh, <laughs> famous time that they that that sex tape did air, but Vince McMahon had the rights to it and repurposed it. Good day, sex fans. Mean Gene Okerlund here outside of St. Petersburg, Florida bungalow with Hulk Hogan. Moments after getting out of a match with the unknown brunette, 
Hulk, describe for us what was going on in there. Well, brother, once she got a look at these 24-inch pythons, there was no stopping her from <laughs> ripping off the Hulkster's shirt and having at this magnificent specimen of muscle and magic. Well, let's take a look back at the film. No, let's not do that. Wait a minute. It appears that it's opening up with a commercial featuring the Kool-Aid Man. No, that's actually what I look like naked, brother. I, uh, I see. And is that a Segway scooter you're standing on? Yeah, those things are tougher to navigate than you might think. Also, if I would have known this was uh, being taped, I would have sprayed in my thong line. Where's the referee? He's sitting over there in a chair, brother, in a corner, watching. It's one of those guys. Well, pardon me for saying so, Hulkster, but I must say that is hardly a 24-inch python. Ooh, that's a bad camera angle. And wait, what's going on there? Tag team. You know, I had to tag out there. You know, I had to bring in my brother, uh, Brutus the Barber Beefcake, take over for a little bit, yeah, you know. Now it looks like she might have Captain Lou Albano in a leg lock. No, Gene, she's just Greek. Very Greek. I see. She's hit Brutus the Barber Beefcake with a chair from the audience. And now you've tagged back in, uh -huh. and you're ready to give her the patented third leg drop. Wait a minute. What, what happened? We didn't get to see you pin. The Unknown Brunette. If you want to see that video end, you're going to have to pay, brother. Oh, and you'll pay. <laughs> Go to www.videovivid.com and order WrestleMania 69 today. Hulk Hogan, you are truly a man of many talents. Thank you, brother. DVE Sports. Mike Pursuta with your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. Mike. Sports is are brought to you by Panhandle Cleaning and Restoration. Oh, great story on that Russell Crowe auction. Mm -hmm. I went on there and I was punching around looking to see what's available. What are you uh, going to buy? Among the items, you can get uh, a Steelers scarf worn by Cal McCaffrey in State of Play. They're estimating that that bid would be $50 to $100. Oh, uh, they don't know Steelers fans. <laughs> and you can get a pirate jacket worn by John Brennan in next three days. Yeah, that's I never, the one I would I never saw next three days. Next three days is about the he escapes from prison, I believe, right? He breaks his wife out of prison. That's right. Okay, I never saw that one. Both I remember they were filming that in Regent Square, right around the corner from my the house I grew what's, up in. What's oh. State of Play? State of Play is not filmed in Pittsburgh. He's just from Pittsburgh. It's a D.C. movie, and it's very good. Oh, is he like it, a, a, a writer? Investigative reporter. reporter. Yeah, yeah that, I like that one. I never saw uh, Next Three Days, so I love Russell Crowe. They have stuff on there. Life-size horse props from Gladiator. I guess they used a lot of fake horses. Are you not entertained? Uh, the uh, the captain's outfit from Master and Commander. I just I've only gotten through a couple pages. There is uh, there's a ton of stuff. There's a lot of stuff. That's uh, that's a fun little guilty pleasure. Very expensive. There are some what appear to be real uh, items from James J. Braddock. Like a like a uh, like violin the, or something? No, that was from Master and Commander. Oh. Uh, James J. Braddock was the boxer Crow portrayed in Cinderella Man. Oh, okay. And they have uh, the I don't know if you're familiar with that movie or not, but he went on relief and then he got his career going again, so he gave back his welfare money. And they have his canceled check. Uh, some pretty cool stuff. Look That's like, really cool. Looks like legitimate actual James J. Braddock. Memorabilia. Auctioning off all of them. Oh, it's like 30 grand, they're guessing. I mean, it's all estimates. They're, they just put up, I guess, where they want the bidding to start. And uh, a lot of that stuff is really expensive. 
A lot of it is is also private collectors coming in and just paying top dollar just to add to whatever yeah. little worth, museum uh, they have. Worth a few clicks on the Strutherby site if uh, you have a moment. Selling off his imaginary friends from Beautiful Mind. Did you say Strothersby? Sotherby, isn't it? Sotherby, yeah. thought so- I said Sotherby. Uh, Sotherby's. Maybe I didn't. It's, it's Sally Struthers. Sally Struthersby's. Struthersby. She's selling Struthersby tripping. family stuff. <laughs> Penguins had a few moments in South Philly last night, and they weren't all great. Depends on a one nothing lead. After the first period in what became a 5-2 to two victory, and they wobbled at the start of the second period. Philadelphia really taking it to the Penguins. Here's Mike Sullivan explaining why. They did early in the second. I thought that they had the momentum. We, you know, we, we had some opportunities to get pucks out, and we didn't, it seemed. And, uh, and then what happened was we had some extended shifts where we had a tired group out there. And when you have a tired group, it's hard. Uh, it's hard to, to get to people, to create the separation, to, to try to control the territory. And when you're in the second period, it's a long change. And sometimes it can be, a, it feels like it's a mile away to get to the bench. And, uh, and so I thought that was part of it in the, in the second period. Flyers got a couple of goals in the first six minutes of the second period, and took a 2-1 to one lead. But the, Penguin, the Penguins countered what Philly was doing by doing what they're capable of doing. Philly plays a really aggressive style. You know, they, they pinch the walls pretty hard. They commit their defensemen uh, in the offensive zone. And so if, if you can defend it and you, you, and, and you can um, potentially take advantage of their aggression, if, if, if you defend it, you play hard. Uh, but having said that, they're good at it. And so, um, you know, I, I think, you know, they're a good team. And, and they, I thought they, they were presented us with a big challenge there at the beginning of the second period. But I thought we grabbed a hold of it. We got momentum back. You know, we, we obviously got some uh, some real quality chances on the ones that we scored on. Penguins uh, improved to 39-25 and 482 points. Leads the Metropolitan Division. Washington second and 81, followed by Philadelphia 79 and the Devils 76. Pens are at Toronto on Saturday. They host Dallas on Sunday. Uh, Antonio Brown Instagrammed uh, the adjustment in his contract. Uh, his deal has been restructured. Uh, that gives him a bunch of money up front. And it gives the Steelers some much-needed salary cap space. The Pirates lose to the Blue Jays 13-4. to Manager Clint Hurdle has anointed Ivan Nova as the opening day starter on March the 29th in Detroit. And Jamison Tyone will get the ball for the home opener on April the 2nd against Minnesota. And multiple reports have uh, Pitt head basketball coach Kevin Stallings meeting with A.D. Heather Like this morning. For all I know, he might be the ex-Pitt basketball coach by now. I didn't think he was going to make it to lunch today, so I'll be surprised if that ends up being the case. Mountaineers uh, are in action in the Big 12 tournament tonight against Baylor. That's approximately a 9 p.m. start, and Duquesne's got Richmond in the A-10 tournament. Uh, That game's scheduled to go around 6 Numbers of active college basketball participants in the area are dwindling, and uh, after this week, it'll be down to one. West Virginia. Let's go, Mountaineers. Stan Saverin. I want to buy something from Russell Crowe. Joining us when we come back. Gladiator helmet. Yeah, I don't know. That would be expensive. His leather jacket from... 
the nice guys. Wasn't that the name of that movie? Yeah, Maybe nice guys. Yeah. I love that movie. It's a good one. I was thinking of this. What top three Russell Crowe movies? For me, it's pretty easy. Gladiator, Gladiator's number one. Beautiful Mind and L.A. Confidential. I never saw Beautiful Mind. What? Was, Dude, that's a classic film. Right. Got to see it. I'd He's amazing to, in it. I'd have to go Gladiator, uh, Cinderella Man, Master and Commander. I like Cinderella Man. I like State of Play a lot. He's got a lot of very good ones. L.A. Confidential, though. Come on. L.A. Oh, Confidential yeah, is great. That's a classic. He's got such a limited role compared to other movies, though, it feels like. Mystery yeah, I don't, I don't consider that a Russell Crowe movie. He is in it, and he's prominent, but he's not the guy. Mystery Alaska. Isn't Mike Lang in Mystery Alaska? No. Alaska? Doug McLeod, the former Penguins announcer. Oh, that guy, yeah. Mystery Alaska, when I saw it the first time, I thought it was the dumbest thing I'd ever seen, and I've given it a couple, three, four more chances, and I like it a little more every time I see it again. It's also on cable right now. I feel that way about the movie Observe and Report, which I just saw on HBO last weekend for the first time in a while. I liked it when it first came out. I thought it was good and different, but now that I know the director, Jody Hill's work a whole lot more from you know the Kenny Powers show and uh, from what was, what was it, Kenny Powers show damn it he's bound and he's down. down and uh vice principals like i i watched it again and i i absolutely loved it i thought it was great stan saverns like that too first time i was like yeah now big <laughs> huge <laughs> fan me and at&t sports same thing when we come back the great venerable stan Savern on dv oh yeah <laughs> it's the DVE Morning Show, Stan Savern, joining us right now. Stanley, good morning. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I loved last night. Um, like Mike said, it had a potential to be a statement game for Philly. Philly. And by you know not allowing them to make that statement, the Penguins made one of their own. Well, in the Penguins reports that I do for the X and, and for 970 ESPN, the opening line today was, what's the best part of beating the Flyers? <laughs> beating the Flyers. And th- the best thing of the whole night was those goons in the stand booing the goons on the ice at the end of the second period. I love that. When they're in <laughs> Philadelphia and yep. they turn on them, you know, at a big Eagles celebration, it just ruined their night. That's fuel for me for the next time they play them. <laughs> I, I mean, I just, <laughs> they're just awful. Yeah, in those, you know, the 2012 proclamations of Claude Giroux taking over for Sidney Crosby, uh, Sidney the Cowardly Penguin, et cetera, et cetera, uh, did not exactly prove to be prophetic. And they still call him Cindy over there. And, uh, I, the other, you know, the, one of the other best things is that, you know, Sid had the three assists and uh, Giroux, uh, he, got, he got an assist, a second assist, but he was, you know, invisible. Look, he's a good hockey player, but there's no way he's... It, he never was in Sid's class. Well, you know, and I never like to rail a fan base without acknowledging our own shortcomings, but I can't think of anybody that we basically disrespect that has that commensurate amount of talent. Like them claiming Sidney Crosby's other than the Patriots, a coward, other than the Patriots and Yager. But that was just hatred for Yager. That was just like a yeah. weird thing, but um now, I don't think anybody thinks the Patriots stink. Oh, yeah, they do. They, they're cheaters, and they stole this. And the, yeah. They definitely there's, think there's they no, cheat. Re, there is no respect on part of this fan base for the Patriots. None. 
Uh, that's I, they I agree with that assessment, Mike. But that's because they cheat. Um, so but it, like, it comes off whiny. And... I totally agree, a hundred percent. I totally agree, a hundred percent. So there is that. Yeah, I was going to ask you who is it, but yeah. it's it's the Patriots. It's but, fans are fans. They they decide who they hate, and they they do it. But the dynamic of the Patriots, I regardless of is, facts, we are the Patriots to the Capitals. No matter how good the Capitals get, well, Flyers are kind of the whoever to the Penguins. They don't beat them very often. No, they don't. But that was uh, satisfying last night. All right, so injuries going forward here to lose a couple of forwards uh, when a couple of guys were hurt that you might have been able to lean on. Not sure how long these injuries are going to last for uh, for Rusty or, or uh, no. I mean, it, it looked like I mean, he could have a you know neck thing. It could be you know concussion protocol. I mean, who knows. Um, uh, you know, we don't, we don't know what, you know, what the other, uh, injury to Simone was, was about. I didn't see anything. The, the thing that struck me about last night, am, among other things, is the Penguins' versatility. Last year, we talked a lot about how Matt Cullen and Nick Benino could play up and down the line. I mean, they could move up to a second line. You know, they could, you could move. Well, last night was the wingers, because what did you have? You had Connor Sherry starting on the fourth line, he ends up going to the first line because Brian Rust is out, who has done that a lot this season, first uh-huh. line, fourth line. And not only that, when Simone goes out, now you've got Riley Sheehan switching to a wing, and he does it seamlessly. Uh, I thought he played really well. I didn't think his center and Broussard played very well last night, but be that as it may, the point is... Well, he had that nice goal. Who did? Broussard. Didn't Not last for night. For the other yeah, team? Tipped in one for Philly. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that, that actually was came dominated. after a Shea and turnover. But anyway, yes. but that destroys my Yeah, story. they're really working well together. Uh, but, I mean, really, you know, that kind of position flexibility, as Mike Tomlin would say, um, is invaluable because things, you know, are, are going to happen. Um, and, and that's how they beat you. I mean, they, you know, they, they can come at you at waves and, you know, many different forms. Um the toughness issue, I know a lot of people are concerned uh, without Cole and without Reeves. And, of course, the Flyers have to test that um, you know, right away. But you beat them. But yeah. isn't, that the, isn't that the mark of, of Sullivan on this team? When he came in, he basically said, here's the rap on you guys. People can get you off your game by playing with an edge, and we can't be that easy to knock off our horses. Well, because to me now, they're a different team. It's a different world. Well, it goes. I I go back to the old Joe Lewis thing, um, or Muhammad Ali. You can't hit what you can't see, and <laughs> you, you can't hit what you can't catch. Speed um, kills. You know that's fine. Uh, you know, go ahead. You know, we'll outskate you. I, I thought the one thing about the toughness issue going into the game uh, is that yeah, they're not as tough as they once were, uh, and the difference between then and now is that the Flyers, at least based on the standings. Um, the Penguins didn't have an issue with the Flyers' toughness because they were that much better than them. So it doesn't come into play, except for like with Man- what Manning did, typical Flyers at the end of the game, taking a shot at somebody. Uh, but, but now that the Flyers aren't as good as the Penguins, but they're closer, then the toughness issue might come into play. I think that they're tough. I think they've got great team grit. And let's remember... The last three cups, they did not have a, an enforcer playing a significant role. I think Mike they had LaRock in 09, but they didn't play him in the playoffs. Good luck. Was he still he was, on the team? I don't know. He was there in 08, as I remember. Yeah, I don't think he was. I, I, I mean, could I, be wrong. I don't, 
I, I can't remember, but I know he, he wasn't a factor. If he was, he was not involved. Yeah, because, yeah. because A, nobody would fight him. Uh, and in certainly in 16 and 17, you don't need it. You know, now Colt, missing Cole will hurt, and Reeves served a role. But, I, I mean, I like what I've seen of Alexiak in that regard. And they have a lot of guys with a lot of grit. I'm not worried about that at all. Stan, who do you got on the show today? On the show today, Mark Madden will be talking some Penguin hockey, certainly some Le'Veon Bell. Uh, it's Stan and Guy Day. Guy will be on from uh, 1 until 2 today. Nice. Good deal. You know what? Let me ask you one more thing before we, before we let you go. Ask him about the great sports debate. Yeah. I was going to. Okay. You're, how I was you, worried when the list came out you weren't on it. Yeah, you know how did why? You, because the Penguins play at the Rangers that night, and I thought that I was going to have a TV out. Well, <laughs> I wasn't sure I was going to have a TV obligation. <laughs> <laughs> but um, then I realized that it was an NBC game. So it's not an AT&T Sports and a telecast. So then I said, Reluctantly, I we were all wondering how the hell you got out of. It. I mean, we exactly, were all wondering yeah. why you weren't going to be with us. That I, whether I was there or not, they said, "How did he get out of doing it?" And we didn't. Did the powers that be at iHeart come and tell you they made a huge mistake and they wanted you on the debate? <laughs> they made, said they made a huge mistake by adding me. Uh, are you going to take part in the Mark Madden Mechanical Bull Challenge? <laughs> I wasn't aware of that. Probably yeah. not. That's that's the after show, I believe. That's, oh, that's... oh is it, they have a Mechanical Bull there. Yeah, yeah. That's the Todd gonna, Haley mechanical bull. I was just going to lie down in the memorial Todd Haley spot on the sidewalk <laughs> and have him draw chalk around me. Did they paint that like they did Franco's footprint over at <laughs> yeah. uh, the parking lot between the stadiums? I wonder if there's still like yellow tape, do not cross, <laughs> police investigation ongoing. Uh, Got to be a plaque, right? Or that'd one be of those, great. One of those... Uh, Gravestone-like <laughs> historical markers. I'm going to have John Travolta to take my spot in the mechanical ball. He's good yeah, at it. There you go. Meet me down at the Haley Monument. We'll go to the <laughs> Bettis Grill. <laughs> Comedian Gary Owen in town tomorrow. He'll be on the show. Paul Luke playing live in the coffee house. His brand new album, Bad Seed, being released this Saturday night at Mr. Small's. Great CD. And uh, it really is. Great. And um, uh, also... Sean Collier's movie reviews tomorrow. That's it. I believe we're done. We think, are done. I think we're done. Okay. Let's end this. We're so finished. You stay classy, Pittsburgh. Don't touch your face. Hey, got him tight, Pittsburgh, all day, baby. For now, you guys call me Ronald. Would you not eat my pants? Ronald. Ah! Mm-hmm.